in five, four, three, two, one. Obi real name, no gimmicks. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a Wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. Thursday, December 8th, coming to you as always from the University of Louisville College of Business Studios. This is the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 AM, 961 FM, streaming all over the land. You know it better as the Big X. We're here from 3 to 6 today on a very special episode. Normal hours, but hour number two, approximately 415, 430-ish, we will carry the Jeff Brom introductory press conference for as long as it goes. I know everybody wants to hear that. You don't want to hear us talking during that time. You want to hear from the man himself. We will make that happen. We'll also have uh, some updates this hour and throughout the show from the KFC Yum Centers. The U of L volleyball team is currently taking on Baylor in the Sweet 16. Jeff Brom is in the house, as was widely rumored last night. I love seeing like all the grainy pictures of the the box where he's sitting. All the, the, yeah, the it, sort of like the Sapruder film of Jeff Brom pictures all over the place. Uh, by the way, currently U of L at last check leads Baylor eighteen to fourteen in the first set. Can we, we can they, we not have that on the TV? I don't. I, I think it's on. We don't get the ACC network here. I don't. I think that's where uh, it's on. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. I'm gonna have to figure out where. Yeah, I <laughs> we, you're exactly right. We play when it comes to like channels like that. It's like Russian roulette on here on the TV, and I don't know why. Like, I don't either. Because remember, I complained about us not having the ACC network. I was like. You know, we have all these channels. We're a radio station, for God's sake. And the next time we had a, a game on there, we magically had it. And then the last time we tried, just a couple of weeks ago, we once again did not have it. But it's on ESPNU, so we we should, I think, we get ESPNU. I don't know. We think we should have working phone lines. But. <laughs> you would guess. So we'll have to flip that bad boy on and check out the cards. What did you say the, the, the score was, though? I'm sorry, I interrupted you. I didn't mean At to. last check, it was 18-14. Uh, cards were up in the first set. So oh, here's, the first set, okay. So here's hoping that, uh, yeah, it got off to a little bit of, I think the first match went a little bit long. Um, so they they were hoping to start. I know Danny Buston Kelly was, like, trying. She was... It, this sort of thing sucks for her because this is, you know, they're in the Yum Center. It's a big deal for them. They had to play at Freedom Hall last year. Now they're in the big arena. They're excited to host, all this good stuff. And I think she was trying to say, like, it'll be closer to one. Yes, last night when she was trying to make sure that the, you know, it was going to be as packed as possible. And they ended up starting at 245. So, uh, and the reason they started at 245 was because the first match was an epic five set affair. And if you're hoping for, I think, the best possible route for Louisville to make it back to the Final Four, 
You got that result. Oregon, the three seed, knocks off Nebraska, the two seed. They were scared to play us. That's all it was. Nebraska, I mean, and, and Nebraska's a perennial powerhouse. It's where DBK played mm-hmm. in, in college. I think there's, if you're worried about emotions maybe coming into play, and you probably shouldn't because she's already beaten Nebraska multiple times here already. But you want the easiest route possible in Oregon. Not an easy, not a walkover. Nobody's a walkover at this point in time. But you always go with the you know, mathematically, they're the the lower seeds. So that was good news for you. Eventually, and, and people in Nebraska, the big uh, volleyball fans there, will be chanting, uh, "Bring uh, DB DB home, DBK, DBK home." DBK. That, they, she is the Nebraska uh, volleyball. What Jeff Brom is to our football program. Yeah. Good. Except we kept her. We we kept her, and we're going to keep her. What's Baylor the four seed? Baylor's the four seed. Yeah. Okay. Um, the. It, Sean, there was any upsets or anything. Sean was talking about this on um, on on Tuesday, and I actually hadn't realized it. the The NCAA women's volleyball tournament has gone according to seed, except for one upset team in the Sweet Sixteen. Every, like three of the four regions are one, two, three, four. Nice. The one upset is a five seed. There's a there was a one, two, three, Ooh, four, five, oh. one, two, three, five seed region. So hold was, on there, people. <laughs> it was about as chalky as you could possibly have for an NCAA tournament in Louisville's region. Uh, held to form, but now we have an upset, three over two. So I mean, last year it was all ones, wasn't it? Like we're ones and twos. I think it was. I think it was two we ones. Were, we were a one. Wisconsin was a one, and then I think Nebraska was a two. Yeah, no, no, Nebraska was a four. They got oh, really. They had a bad season. They made a crazy run to the finals. I think it was a one, a one, a two, and a four last okay. year in the final four. Who was but, the Who was the fourth team last year? Um, want to say Minnesota. Was it Minnesota? I want to say that too. It was because we lost to Wisconsin. I think Nebraska beat Minnesota. Okay, and then Wisconsin beat Nebraska in the finals. Not that surprised me. Wisconsin was huge. They're they're huge again this year. That may be. Are they still around? Yeah, they're they're a oh. one seed. They're one of the four one seeds that uh, we may have to see them again. I think that would be in the final four again. I think we're on the same side of the bracket. You know what? I, I'm the type. That, you you know me. And when we talked about scheduling, I'm, I I I want to be. I, I come from the Ric Flair mindset to be the well, to be the woman. I guess you got to beat the woman. There in this go. case, well, it, I, don't, I don't like the way that came out. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say to be the man. You got to be well. And again, you know. Uh, so bring on Wisconsin. I don't. I don't want to just be like, oh, we get to avoid Wisconsin. I want, I want revenge on those cheese heads. I'd prefer if they lost. If, if I'm just being totally honest, they are on our side of the bracket. By the That's way, after you meet Dipper, you're like, I don't want to play uh, Clemson anymore. I like winning. <laughs> I do too. I but enjoy, I, I, I enjoy championships. <laughs> I enjoy however you can make them happen. That's where I stand on the matter. Uh, they are. Wisconsin's playing right now, by the way. They're taking on Penn State, who's also a, a perennial volleyball yes. powerhouse. If you're in the Big Ten, <laughs> you're a powerhouse. Is that true? It's it's the best volleyball conference. The ACC's gotten a lot better in recent years, but it is it's been primarily it, men's. It's the it's West Coast basically. Uh, that's that how the sport goes. But in the women's realm, Big Ten is is always very good. So you got Wisconsin, Penn State over there. Florida Pitt is the Pitt's the two seed. We may play them for a, a third time potentially in the Final Four. That's our side of the bracket. The other side, you've got Texas as the one seed, and then the the fourth one seed is um, Stanford, who we've already Texas, yeah. beaten on their home floor. Texas earlier this UK year. beating the uh, Mickey Mouse championship. Exactly. And UK is, is still alive. They're, oh, okay. they're in the Sweet 16. They will, they're the three seed on the in, in the Stanford uh, bracket. They will play San Diego tonight at 8 o'clock in the 3-2 matchup. The winner gets either Houston or the previously mentioned Stanford Cardinal. All right. There you go. But uh, the, the eye of the Louisville sports world is on Jeff Brom today. He will be. Oh, that was going on. What if they? What if the board like just at the, again just screws everything up and was like, well, you know what? We need a little bit more time. Well, they approved and they give it to the president. He's like, yeah, I don't know. Okay, yeah, well, what's the new president? Because 
I don't even want to try because when, when, when it's you, not the new president. I was wrong about oh, this okay. yesterday. It is the the interim. Lori Gonzalez still is the. She's the one who has the precedent here. She's the one who uh, who has the to, UK fan. I mean, <laughs> I mean, she's out of here in like three weeks. I can't imagine that she's going to make. Oh, any that's waves. worked out well for us in the past. She, well, she has already said, unlike her pre, unlike her predecessor, that she doesn't want to cause any big waves. She's just she's just here to kind of kill time until somebody else can take over. So I can't imagine. You and me both, sweetheart. <laughs> I can't imagine she would have a big issue. With uh, with whatever's going to happen, whatever's going to be on her desk today, so I don't think she'll be a holdup. I expect again the the order of events today. You've got at four o'clock is the meeting of the U of L Board of Trustees and the uh, the Athletic Association. They are expected to be given the terms for Jeff Brom's contract. It's expected to be approved very quickly, and then immediately following that approval, you'll have the the introductory press conference for Jeff Brom. Um, I said Neela Benaputi. Josh Hurd and Lori Gonzalez will be there as well. They will speak before Jeff speaks. And again, we'll carry that uh, here on the station because I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be awesome. I, I expect Jeff to get emotional. I expect him to be his classic Jeff aggressive self at times. I think it's going to be, a, I mean, all these, you, it's very rare for there to be a bad introductory press conference unless you're already not liking the hire and you're looking for something to, to criticize. If you're going to these things with an open mind, it's very hard for the new head coach to lose the press conference. You just have, you know, give a couple quips, talk about how much this place means to you, you know, talk about how excited you are for the opportunity, maybe give an anecdote that gets people excited. But for Jeff to have these hometown ties and for for most of his speech to presumably be very very genuine, I think it's especially going to be a, a interesting fun afternoon for everybody to listen to. So I'm I'm excited for it. Can we do a Jeff Brom press conference prop bets? Okay. Like uh, uh, I don't, we'll do you know the plus plus one ten minus whatever. I mean, crying is like minus. <laughs> I'm I'm giving you like one to two odds that he cries. Uh, 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 yes, no. He mentions the Honda Accord. No, or it gets brought up because he we take questions. He'll take questions. Okay, so it could be it could be brought up. He's not bringing it up on his own. No, but it, no it, pun but intended. It, accord. <laughs> but it's but it's brought it's, it's mentioned in general. It would have to be in a question. I I don't think that that's, that's going to happen, but it could. <laughs> Somebody may have like a smart ass comment that they they would try to work that in there. Obviously, the other one be I don't know what the odds would be on it. The bring Brom home movement being uh, being mentioned. We have to talk about that for a second because <laughs> the bring Brom home guy is brought home brought Brom the home brought Brom home guy. It's either John Ramsey or it's somebody who's trying to make everybody think that they're John Ramsey. What? Because they are you know John better than I do. Could he be? Could it be him? I send. I can't imagine. I sent him a text earlier, just being like. He's already responded on Twitter and said, like, you know, he's using my phrases, but this is not me. Because he's trying to do, he's using, like, frosty wheat sodas. He's Don't remember that. That's, John, John would always refer to beers as, as frosty wheat sodas gotcha, gotcha. on the air. But he's okay. he's doing a lot of the, those things. And he's like, I, I know some people who I know who are fellow, quote, unquote, media guys. He was in the DMs with them, like, trying to, he's telling them, like, I've been at you with, pre, with you at press conferences, all this stuff. And both the Bring Brom Home guy and John on Twitter have publicly denied that it's them, but it's interesting. Like, there's a lot of there's a great day to be a card. He's throwing that out there. So he's I, either trying to make people think that it's John, that he's John, or it's actually John. I slid into Brom Br- Home guy's DMs last night. Okay. And I just, I just sent him with, I just sent him just a simple message that said, "We did it" with exclamation points. Okay. And he replied with, "We did it, Trevor." Ke-. Like my full name for some reason. Like, why, why would you use my full name? I feel like I'm dealing with a bot with that. He works in mysterious ways. <laughs> like, who, who says who says your full name to somebody? Like so, he goes, "We we did it, Trevor Kelsey. We did. I have to give you kudos. Thank you. 
Uh, you were like Ali going 12 rounds of Mike, who did even put me in his least cool person. I didn't do that. He was <laughs> but, voted in. But he couldn't kill the Bring Brom home, and you stuck with the me. Once again, though, <laughs> Ali reference, very John Ramsey. Yeah, because who, who in Louisville doesn't make an Ali reference? I mean, John does all the time. Though. I do. You know, that's like his thing. So I, do I, but I, you know. <laughs> I think he's trying to, again, he's trying to hint that it's him. And if it is him... I feel like John would have told me. I feel like he would have let me know. I'll be kind of offended. I mean, and John and I work together forever. We are friends. Like I, I, I would have expected him to to let me know. That <laughs> just makes you mad if it is him that he didn't. A little tell bit, you. yeah. <laughs> I also feel like John. Like I mean, if you remember John from his the, the heyday of his Twitter days, like the man couldn't resist, especially after he'd had a few late night beers, like going after people. Like the Bring Brom Home guy would have taken a shot at Andy Sweeney at some point. I feel like he wouldn't have been able to resist because John yeah. could never resist that or Matt Jones or something like that. And he's just been very on message. Like the guy, again, just bring Brom home responding to every single text uh, and tweet that's out there. That's one thing I'm proud of, at least within the last 10 years. I've, I've just, I, 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 I don't, I, I stopped myself before tweeting stuff I probably shouldn't tweet. Every now and then I make a mistake. And then I, but the thing is like, after the, after the, uh, after the, the infamous New Year, uh, Christmas Eve, uh, Diorios. No one Diorios. What was it? Uh, what Spinelli's. Was it? Spinelli's. That's what it was. Spinelli's incident. <laughs> one of my favorite moments on the show. So I was finding out that it was Christmas Eve. I don't even remember that. The thing is, like, I, <laughs> I say make a mistake, but it's it's things that I actually mean that, you know, if there's a rivalry thing out there, but it's it's also something that I know if I hit send on that tweet, like, there's the next three hours of my day gone. Because then yeah. I've got to respond to all these people that are exactly. sending all this bull. Like, it, it's just, it, it's it's obnoxious. But, so, I, I'm better about it than I used to be just because I'm older and I don't have as much time. And also just because I don't want to deal with annoying stuff. But every now and then I still have to be like, okay, you can't just get away. Like, I almost jumped at Greg Doyle yesterday. But then I saw everybody else was doing it already. So, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to like some of these tweets. I think going after Greg Doyle just, like, low-hanging fruit anyway. At this point, yeah. Do- Doyle went old school Doyle, though, yesterday. Where he was like. Oh, he went, like, back and I'm, I'm, st- I'm going Patino to Miami Doyle. He did his, like, eight-tweet thread where he's trying to say a lot of things but not actually saying anything. It was like, if Jeff Brom. He, he can't resist. Like, if you count the number of eyes that he uses in his quote-unquote stories, it's all about himself. He's like, I know things about this that people don't. And it's been a circus that Jeff Brown, like, Purdue fans shouldn't have to do. I'm like, my man, the job opened up a day and a half ago. It is, it, this is the quickest hire you're going to see this coaching carousel. Maybe shut up a little bit. The only time I ever met uh, Greg Doyle was at the NCAA tournament. And I don't remember which, which one it was. I was doing the media. And he was there was a Jim Calhoun post game. And, I mean, I guess Jim was just not happy with something Doyle had written. Shocking, I know. This is when Doyle was, like, was still a CBS or Fox or whatever. CBS Doyle was the ultimate troll. Yeah, it was, was that which it was. It was. I can't remember if it was CBS or yeah. Fox. I forget. And, like, I'm, so I'm sitting, like, like one seat over from him. You know, it's, it's not, you know, it's one of those media where we're all, like, kind of the same groups. But there's, like, all these empty seats. But there's, like, only one seat between us. And they just start getting in this, like, just kind of nasty fight. And I just felt, like, so uncomfortable sitting there. Like, I'm just, I'm just kind of, like, just this... This goofy kid probably has no business in this press conference. And I feel like I'm getting yelled at because I'm sitting next to him, like, just, just catching strays. Being being in the vicinity of, like, a big-time fight between two people who, where you, is, is the most awkward thing of all time. Whether it's yourself as, like, a kid, parents, You know it's going to be on anything. television, too, eventually. It's so, it's so awkward. Yeah, you're just trying to, like, don't make a stupid face. Don't make a stupid yeah. face. Uh, we have an update, by the way. UofL takes set one from Baylor at <gasps> Yum Center, 25-23. So, tight first set, one down, two to go. Two yeah, wins away, Baylor. two sets away from a regional final appearance. We're not losing to Baylor. Come on. We're not losing to Baylor. We're not oh, losing to Baylor. No. Taking that Baylor. 
Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line, by the way, if you want to weigh in at any point between now and the, the start of the show. We'll take takes a little bit earlier today than usual just because the second hour is going to be so dedicated to the, the, the Braum press conference and then us reacting to the Braum press conference. Before we take some texts, quick updates on what has transpired since we went off the air yesterday. The first thing was we found out Ruben Owens decommitted while we were on the air. Yeah, we also didn't realize he's just, he, did, he misspelled decommit. He did? Who yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, Brahm in that text message misspelled except. He, he, he oh, did? did. Okay. Even though I'm not even sure that was a real text message, but who cares? Um, but Ruben Owens decommits while we're on the air. We've been off the air for like 30 minutes before he finally he recommits to uh, Texas A&M. It, clearly, he was ready for the move. Yeah. Uh, he was just kind of waiting to see who the next head coach was going to be. Do you think he even worried about that? I, w- I wonder if even if we still had Satterfield, if we'd still be having Ruben Owens. It's a fair question. I want to put it. I, would, I legitimately would put the odds at fifty-fifty. My guess is yes. I mean, you would like to guess, just because. I hope like, so. I, I don't think he really wanted to come here. I think he felt kind of locked in by some of the NIL stuff that had happened and his relationship with Drell Sims. And when Sims chose to go to Cincinnati, then that was kind of like the the last. Like you know, I feel like I can. You know, I don't owe these people that much anymore. Some of the NIL people are still around, obviously, but. This offense isn't – I mean, that, that's the excuse that he's going to use is you're going from an offense that is 60% run to an offense that is maybe 40% run. So I'm going to A&M, which, you know, enjoy Jimbo. And maybe <laughs> yeah, good luck with enjoy. that one. Exactly. Hopefully, really. you know, tattoo removal is part of their NIL package down there at College Station. But <laughs> we'll find out. Uh, no no hard feelings. Yeah, go on. I, I'm just sad for myself because I was so excited for Ruben Owens. But he's not going to come here. Um, we have found out a, a couple more. Uh, Nick Cardwell – is also going to go with uh, Scott Satterfield of Cincinnati, which was not unexpected. Again, the guys who you you felt like were going to make the move from Louisville to Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati with Satterfield were the guys who have been with him for multiple years and multiple stops. Uh, Derek Nicholson also going there with uh, with Satterfield, and then congratulations to Lance Taylor. We found out today he's he's going to be the next head coach at Western Michigan. So the co-offensive coordinator for last season, Lance's first head coaching job. That's a, a big get for him. Excited there. The other coaching news, I mean, we're still kind of waiting and seeing on some guys. I, I think Pete knocked it. Sounds like he's been in conversation with the Brahms, uh, with Jeff specifically, trying to figure out what his next move is going to be. I think that it's a, a, a safe bet to assume he's going to have a shot to stay here if he wants to stay here, which I think he will. And that's something that's going to make all the players and all the fans happy. Uh, we've had a couple of new entries into the transfer portal. Now a total of 11 players from U of L. I uh, have announced that they're in the portal. Luke Kandra was yesterday. He announced today that he's committing to Cincinnati. He's going to go ahead and make the move with Satterfield up there to uh, to UC. We also saw today, um, well, yesterday was Ben Perry announcing that he was in the transfer portal. Rance Connor, who is a cornerback who played a little bit at the beginning of the season, then not so much late, is uh, is also in the portal as well. That's a total of 11 players at the moment. Yesterday, Derek Edwards, who had previously announced that he was in the transfer portal, announced that he was pulling himself out. Josh Minkins did officially tweet today, the former Ballard standout who played a lot this season at safety. He's coming back to be a part of the the Jeff Brom experience. Uh, we also had, I think interestingly enough, if you're looking at like who can Brom replace the, the the guys who are currently committed, who might leave, who, who can he pl- replace them with? Uh, Kendrick Gilbert was one of the best players in Purdue's current 2023 class, a four-star defensive lineman. And on his Instagram last night, he posted pictures of himself in Louisville gear. That would seem to be a good sign. Um, there also had been some talk. I know that we talked about it uh, yesterday. Devin Mockaby, 
who's the Purdue almost 1,000-yard rusher this past season who did a lot of damage for them both as a traditional running back and as a pass catcher out of the backfield. There was some talk that potentially he could follow Brom from Purdue to Louisville. He made tweets today that, that made it sound like that's not going to happen, that he's going to be sticking around at Purdue, which is a little bit of a bummer. But you also kind of understand it. He's would be going to a situation where you've already got Jawar Jordan, you've already got Maurice Turner, you might get some other big-time running back recruits or transfers that are out there. Who knows? The last note to get uh, to. Did you, did you just did you get like like little like the wet in the corner of the mouth? And you think of this offense with the speed of Maurice Turner in a spread offense. Maurice Turner's, I think, could be a baller. I mean, just this this this, this spread out and Maurice Turner like in this like very not. Jawar Jordan too, man. He's, I mean, you're right. You're right. I should player. I shouldn't you know I should just say one, but both. I mean, the, the speedsters these two are, and a spread off. Oh my, George Stripling. <laughs> Reincarnate without all the without all the George Stripling stuff. That where did. are you, George? Come on the show. <laughs> we need to know. We still have no idea where he is. Nobody does. Nobody <laughs> on those teams knows where he is. Yeah, I think we've had this discussion we before. Have. Yeah. Uh, the last note to get to: Jordan Church, who decommitted from Louisville uh, a couple of weeks ago from IMG Academy. Boy, folks, just when you thought the December seventeenth basketball game against Florida A&M couldn't be any bigger, just when you thought the hype couldn't grow any larger. Jordan Church, as of last night, has committed to Florida A&M. The rivalry is on. The Rattlers, they're going down. I'm not nervous about this game. I don't care what happens against Florida State. I don't care what happens against Western Kentucky. Yeah. We're not losing to Florida A&M, folks. Suck it, Andre Dawson. We're winning by at least three points. Earl Holmes. I said four yesterday. Conference dwindled just a little bit. We're winning by at least three points. Mark that down. Marquise Grissom. Yeah, I can name A&M alums. Florida A&M? Yeah. Andre Dawson went there. Go Rattlers. That's the only three I know, actually. I, I didn't know that, honestly. I, I know Why I know that, I couldn't tell you, but I, I just know those three went there for some reason. Now, the other thing that was notable last night that happened for, I guess, our interests, Cal had the second-worst team on its schedule come to their place last night in eastern Washington. They lost 50-48. to 48. So, <laughs> so Cal is now 0-10. So, well, you know the, the race to one continues between Louisville and Cal. I, we're not the worst power conference team in America. And we're obviously better because we only lose those games by a point. They lost by two. Well, but here's the, the given thing. So Brett Dawson did this thing for the Courier Journal yesterday. People got kind of mad at him, and I felt they got mad at me because I was a part of it. He asked a group of co- college basketball, I'm using air quotes there, experts, who would win a <laughs> game <laughs> Who would win a game between Louisville and California. And my like, I, I looked at it. You really do that. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a, it was a funny story. I, I thought it was interesting. It I mean, how else do you want them to? Come? Again, it's kind of like us doing this show every day for the next three months. We're going to be like, we're going to have to get three hours every day out of. Well, they were bad again. Like, what what do you want us to say? <laughs> and Brett's kind of in the same boat. So he reached out to a bunch of different people. My final, I said Louisville would win. I said seventeen to sixteen, and I looked at it. I was more jokey than some people gave like real real answers, but I said. Cal has been much, much better against the power conference teams that they've played. Like, they have not lost by more than 15 points against... They've played five power five teams. They played Arizona, who's ranked within 13. They played Clemson within eight. They played TCU within 11. They played Kansas State within nine. We, on the other hand, have not come closer than 15 points against any power conference team that we've played. But we've been better against the low mid-major teams that we've played. We only lost by one in all three of those games. They got beat by 10 by UC Davis. Um, Southern beat them by eight, Texas State beat them by four, and then last night Eastern Washington beats them by two. Both, if you look at the profiles of these teams, they're both like atrocious at everything besides one thing, and it's free throw percentages. 
We shoot like 75% from free throw. They shoot 76.1. But Dawson asked all these different people. I was actually really disheartened at how many people picked Cal. Like almost everybody <laughs> thought Cal was better than Louisville. And the answers that they gave, this is like, it's a jokey story. But the answers that they gave were legitimately disheartening by a lot of people. Isaac Trotter of, of 24-7 Sports said this. He said, Cal 59, Louisville 56. Cal has two things on its side. One, a real point guard. Two, real effort. It's, wow. He said, it's been a real struggle all season long, but the effort has never been in question. That has uh, not been the case for Louisville. The Cardinals have more overall talent, but Cal has old, prideful veterans who will play with some spirit on a nightly basis. But cracking 60 for either team would be a real struggle. They have a real point. You know their point guard is, don't you? It's Devin Askew. Yeah. Sam Bassini of the Athletics said this. Cal 62, Louisville 58. I think Cal wins a tight, very ugly game. I've never seen a team that is more careless with its execution offensively at a high major level than Louisville is this year. They turn the ball over like crazy. They take horrible shots. There isn't enough ball movement. I just think they're extremely easy to defend, especially in the half court. But I absolutely would not watch this game, and I would recommend nobody else in this hypothetical multiverse does either. Gary Parrish says Cal 67, Louisville 63. According to Ken Palm, Louisville will be considered a slight favorite over Cal on a neutral court, but I'd probably lean towards Cal, which is an absolutely incredible statement that speaks to just how much of a nightmare this thing at Louisville has become. Even Ken Pomeroy, so Ken Palm got asked, his metric, his own system says Louisville's better than Cal, and he's like, my system's wrong. <laughs> oh, no. Did because you, his system— Did you faint when you read that? No, because I know, because I agree with him. <laughs> okay. I mean, we're, we're, I think, 211th on there. We're way worse than 211th based on rating so far. But his metric takes into account past performance. Like, teams that have historically been really, really good, by and large, even if their results say that they're, like, 3-6, and six, they're usually better than that, and they're going to get better than that moving forward. But he's like, my, my system has not, comp, like, overcorrected for just how bad this Louisville team is. It keeps waiting for them to come around. He's like, I'm taking Cal. They both suck, but, but Cal's better. And, all like, you just read them, and I'm like, it was funny for a while. Some of the, like, I was like, I need more people to be like me and just make a joke out of it. Like Everybody else was giving realistic responses, and they just made me sad. But Cal's 0-10. We're only 0-8. I would just, my, my response would be like, it doesn't matter who wins because anyone who watches it is the real loser. So Cal's next three games. I love the person who just said there's no reason to even guard us. Well, there's really not. I mean, no, it's not. You can pretty much just stay. We're just going to turn the ball over anyway. They play Butler on Saturday at home. They're not winning that. They play Santa Clara on Sunday, uh, December 18th, a full week from now, away. That's probably going to be tough. Then the one that you started, the worst team left on their schedule. I, I, they're actually the worst team on their schedule overall. UT Arlington comes to their place on Wednesday, December 21st. Now, hopefully, we have already secured our first victory over whether it's Florida State this weekend or Florida A&M on the 17th. But if we don't, if we, don't, if we somehow lose to Florida A&M, well, first of all, if we lose to Florida A&M, we're not winning a game this year. Oh. But if we do, they're, you get worried about UT Arlington. Ken Palm projects them to win that game by six. That is the the only other game that Ken Palm has them projected to win is Oregon State at home on January 22nd. If you're wondering about us, Ken Palm has us winning Florida A&M and Lipscomb back-to-back wins, potentially a little streak. And then, doing this year? and then has us as losing every other ACC game. Oh, that, that I believe. Yeah. How's Limscombe doing this year? They, they're solid? They are 6-2. and two. Notre Dame beat them by just four. Oh, they'll, they'll beat us. They haven't played anybody. Their schedule sucks. They beat Belmont, beat Navy. I need to get out Scoots and see if there's a cash-out option on our bet. When does Eastern Michigan play again? <laughs> payout option. You know, you, have, you stay on DraftKings where you do the oh, payout. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I might, I might, I might have to see if there's an option on this. Step at like three. Eastern Michigan is down to three oh four on Ken Palm. They uh, they played last night. They lost to Illinois State by six. Oh, they said lost. They're still two. Two and eight. Niagara coming up on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a break. When we come back, come on, Calvin Murphy. We'll field some text on the Thornton Sex line at 502-414-1450 before we go to the second hour and get ready for the Jeff Brown press conference. It's an exciting Thursday here on the Mike Rutherford Show. Keep it locked right here on 1450 and 961, the big X. On the weekend comes, I go get live with the honey. Rolling down the street, I saw this girl when she was pumping. I wake my eyes, got into the ride, went to a club with jumping. Introduced myself as low, she said, you're a liar. I said, I got it going on, baby doll, and I'm a fire. Welcome back in. Hour number one here is the Mike Rutherford Show. So be my queen if you know what I mean. Hearing, hearing various reports and who knows exactly what's going on. The timeline on stuff like this is a little bit, a little bit iffy. I was saying I think we'll probably get the Brom press conference going around like 4:15. I'm now hearing it might be a little bit closer to five. So second hour, we'll yeah, you know, we'll we'll have to keep checking in. Does that mean there's a delay in the approval? I think it's more they want to make sure that the volleyball game gets gets full attention, but. Maybe Jeff wants to stay and watch some volleyball. Maybe, you know, he's he's a man of the people. He's, you know, he's Anna DeBeer, Assumption native. Jeff's got ties to this community, the Catholic community. He's, he's supporting the, the, the ladies of U of Volleyball. He's a man of – he's a card man. He's an L1C4. L's up. That's Jeff Brown. It's who he is. I, I – this is going to sound corny, but I almost, like, had trouble getting some sleep last night. Not because – I'm feeling, by, by the way, like I'm at, like, 95%. You, you, look, like you look a lot better, which is feeling great. feeling so much better today. I kind of feel like crap again, which is not good. So <laughs> Sorry. I'm very – I'm like a little – handing the I'm baton of sickness off to you. <laughs> My heart rate – I'm trying not to, like, look that much. My heart rate is insanely high during the show today. It's like – so that's not a good sign. Less excitement of the news. I'm choosing to, to take it that way. I'm, choo- I'm choosing to believe – although it was not nearly this high yesterday, so that's not great. <laughs> I can't remember how many times I've said that statement. Mm. But yeah, but I just, I, I, there was times I kept, I'd wake up and I just, I trouble somewhat getting back to sleep because I was almost just so excited for the day in the press conference. Are you going to cry? No, 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 no. I think no. you might cry. No. I, I'm, I'm just going to film you the entire time through the window. <laughs> so I'm not a big crier. Are you, are you a big crier? I wasn't until I got this weird thing for the past like five months. Like I've never been a, like I think, one, and I don't want to go into this whole thing again, but like the, the long COVID thing, it messes with your mind like an insane amount. And I would have thought that I was going insane if I hadn't gone to these like these groups where everybody else had it and said the exact, if they didn't have the exact same stories that I had, I would have legit thought I was going crazy. Cause I think Mary had seen me cry like once since we, and we've known each other since you know, 2008. And it was when my dog, my old dog died. Oh, yeah. I've, I've cried when the dog died. And like in a span of like two months, it was like, Three times a week. Like, I, I could not keep it together because this thing was just absolutely dry and still not great. But, like, that part of it's gotten better. I'm hoping it doesn't get worse again now that I've, I've had COVID again. But I mean, if I didn't cry. Before then, the, like, no, not, not, not big at all. If I didn't cry when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, I don't think anything short of, like, a funeral slash death has made me cry. See, I've never been, like, a big, 
Like I, I mean, I'll cry at funerals. I mean, I've yeah. been to friends' funerals. Like I was, I was the Paul Bear at a buddy's funeral, and I was keeping it together until his daughter came up and started talking. I'm like, that'll do it. Yeah, like just like if you were crying, you just weren't human at that point. I'm like you. I, I've never done it when it comes to like happiness stuff. Like, it's yeah, just, just the only time that I remember kind of when I was at my my sister's wedding, like when she kind of walked out for the first time it was like the first time where I kind of was like, oh my god, like it just kind of hit me, and I got very very teary. But besides that, it's only almost always just when I'm super sad about something. Yeah, I'll get goosebumps when I'm happy. Yeah. Like, you know, just get excited for excitement. But, yeah, just like, tears have always just been only tears of sadness for me, I guess. Did you see that Mayor Greg Fisher brought a Louisville football jersey to the Dalai Lama? <laughs> he posted the picture. I don't even know where to go with that statement. Just that, that, that sentence is that the, thing was, the headline. It's one of those, like, authentic jerseys where it's like the one that Rick Pitino was wearing on game day. Where, <laughs> where if the Lama put it on, like, as skinny as he is, it still would probably ride up to his shoulders. At least he didn't take him one of those cheap Coliseum jerseys. <laughs> and on the back, on the back, all it said was, uh, HHDL, and I was like, it took me forever to be like, what, what the hell is it? I was like, what is, is it? I was like, is this some sort of you know internet company? And then I was thinking, about like, oh, it's His Holiness the Dalai Lama. Oh, okay. And it's HHDL, then number nine. So one of two things is happening here. I would have never guessed. One that. of two things is happening here. One, either all of the bad karma that has been surrounding this program for the last seven years is gone. I don't know when this this picture actually happened. I know it got posted today, but I'm hoping it got posted like before the Brom thing happened, and then we can say, you know. That's what started this whole thing. Like, this started the Satterfield of Cincinnati, Brom coming back home. So that's one option. The other option is the Dalai Lama's about to die because we <laughs> bring pain and suffering and sadness wherever we go. So I'm hoping for our sake it's the good karma option, but just keep an eye out. Is it bad that I didn't think the Dalai Lama was still alive? Well, there's, you know, there's, there's, there's multiple Dalai Lamas. Oh, it's the reincarnated one. No, it just passes along. It's like the I, king. I saw that. I saw that king of the hill. Bob, Bobby did. Bobby didn't choose the right gift on the bottom. <laughs> he he went with the mirror. <laughs> I've seen that episode. I'm not familiar with the reference. <laughs> but the king of the hill fans out there know what I'm talking about. He is the so, so the Dalai Lama is 87. He is the 14th Dalai Lama. Okay. Is I don't. It, he was born in 1935. Look. How I, long has he been Dalai Lama? I don't know. I'm not saying that he's 87. He could go bite for natural causes any any day. So if he does die very soon, you can't 100% pin it on Greg Fisher in the Louisville jersey. But I don't like the mods. I don't, I don't, I don't like this. New, if I'm him, I'm staying away from that jersey. I'm giving it back. Part of me also didn't realize there was multiple Dalai Lamas. There was. The four, I just thought there 14th. was just like one. 14th. Okay. We need the good karma, Dalai Lama. That's not that many. I feel like there should be more. Well, they all live a long time. They're they're at peace. <laughs> I guess you got a point. Uh, 502-414-1450. Why is Greg Thornton Fisher being the Dalai Lama anyway? Texter says, this is honestly so surreal. Still, seeing Brom and Louisville gear at the volleyball game today was something that inspires a lot of hope and joy. I'm with the Texter. Like, seeing, I know Crawford and Matt McGavick and some other guys who were at the volleyball game took pictures of him in the box. And just, like, seeing him in the Louisville pullover at the KFC Yum Center, it just, it made me happy. Yeah. Like, it's finally happened. We've been talking about this for so long. It just, it doesn't feel real at this point because it's been so, dis- I mean, even people always talk about 2018 and then 2021 last year and now making it happen. Like, Brahm has been talked about coming back, like, basically ever since he started killing it at Western. Like, that's, you know, he's going to be the next guy. He's going to he's gonna get the job. And to actually see it happen, man, like, it's uh, it's crazy. I wonder what this program would be if we'd hired him from, as, from the OC position at Western instead of Petrino. It's a good question. Texas, did you cry at your own wedding? No. 
No, didn't, didn't come close. I don't think I've ever cried at a wedding either. I had a blast at my wedding. Even though those are kind of like funerals. When we were getting ready to to walk across, so, so my wife's one of her, we got married in her hometown. One of her childhood friends like had a house right across the church from where we were getting married. So he let us, like we all the guys got ready there. And like uh, before I sent most of my groomsmen over there to like do the ushering stuff and then kept my two best friends back to hang out. And we, we took some shots before we walked out there. And Danny, podcast driver. Got married drunk? A little bit. Okay. <laughs> My be- like Danny was like. Good to know. We were like getting ready to leave. And th- again, this is like the summer of 2014. And he's like, what were you more nervous for? This or the national championship game? And I was like, the national championship game? And it's not close. I'm like, she's not going to say no at this point. I feel, well. I feel pretty confident that we're good here. <laughs> I didn't know if we were going to win the national title. And so, like, I think after the the wedding, we were getting ready to go to the, you know, we're riding around taking pictures and stuff. I told Mary, like, the question. And, like, before I even finished, Mary's like, the national championship, are you kidding me? It's like, she's like, you're not going to say no. I'm like, yeah. So it was, I mean, I was excited. <laughs> right I had a good now. time. I, I didn't come close to tears or anything. So well, what, what about uh, Mary and John's birth? You mean Virginia? Virginia. Why did I say Mary? I don't think, cause you, you just saying her just made me think that name. I, did, I mean, I was I was emotional. I didn't come close to crying. Because like, I, I was talking to my buddy. He just had his first son. Uh, shout out to my man, uh, Plevchik, with his, his first son, Theo, this weekend. Shout out to Plevchik. Uh, little Theo, b- b- uh, baby boy. That's Greer's kid's name. Uh, is it? Yeah, Theo. Uh, and he... Uh, he he was talking about he's like yeah he's like he's not a he's not a crier either I don't know, maybe that's what made me think about this and he was like he cried though when when he when he, when he held him for the first time you Virginia and it's John a, didn't it's a, didn't cra- do it? it's a it's a crazy film well the thing with Virginia is so she like like we had her for like five seconds they swept her away she swallowed some some fluid Ooh. and so they had like they had all these cords in her like, they they whipped her whisked her away and like we're like smacking her like putting all this stuff in her and i remember like one of the nurses looked at like she's like go get blah blah and said stat and i'm like i've seen enough medical shows yeah, to know that stat. <laughs> stat is never like a calm like laid back type thing and i mean and it was like it was so it was pretty dicey there for a while so we never got that first moment but i do remember looking at her for the first time and just instantly being like you know like i would kill everybody to protect you like you know just like you have that yeah, moment that, that barney instant, and how much your mother moment which you don't get the reference i don't either, i don't but like it was it, like you have that moment but i didn't I didn't cry, and maybe I would have if I could been able to like hold her before yeah. she'd been like whisked away. And then with John, you, first of all, my first thought was like, he's already got more hair than me. This <laughs> he's coming, he's coming for me right out of the world. I'm like this son of a bitch. Like he's he's already coming for the throne. He's coming for the throne already. Is it, is there a sports moment you think they could make you come to tears? I guess if Louisville winning a title didn't do it, I don't think. I, I, I Lions say, winning a Super Bowl, maybe? No. Yeah, you don't like me. Again, like it was kind of like my sister's wedding where it wasn't like the moment, but like. When Louisville ran out onto the floor for the national title game in 20, like when they're, they're playing the fight song, I see the flag, I see the team come out there, I'm sitting with my buddies. Like, I did like start having this vision of like all, like growing up watching all the games on the couch with my dad, mm. like, you know, going to some tournament games like 10 years before, like, you know, the Final Four loss, like all that stuff, being in New Orleans the year before and just like remembering like all these Louisville moments and being like, it all is kind of, it's kind of leading to this. And like that, that was the only time where I got like, Super goosebumps and like maybe like a little bit tear, but I, I didn't cry. Yeah, I'll get I'll get goosebumps, extreme goosebumps and chills. But yeah, the, the actual cry, yeah, I agree. I'm not. Yeah, it's not that never happened. Update from the Yum Center: Cards take set to twenty five to sixteen, one set away from a third straight sweep in the NCAA tournament. So, somebody let them know that, to a regional final. Get this thing wrapped up so we can get this press conference going. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. They're just stepping they just, it up. They went, told her like <laughs> Kelly, come on, give give him the, the the watch motion. Let's get this going here. Texas says, I cried during Forrest Gump when he's talking to Jenny's grave. Gets me every time. 
does does it does it change your your perspective when now that you know that Jenny in the book doesn't die and that she's like just an evil person? No. Even though we think she's, I, evil. I don't think I even knew that until you just said it. But you, you didn't like her even in the movie without knowing that. You no, didn't. she sucks. Yeah, she turns him down her entire life until she gets like the world's most grave disease at that time, and it's like let's have sex. And there's and then you, I mean, there's still, I mean, he, we never do even know if that's really his kid. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, the odds of that being his child are like one percent. Jenny sucks. Yeah. So, so no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sad at that point. I did, the only movie where I think that like I used to get teary eyed was. The first time I ever saw Field of Dreams, I remember crying, like oh, yeah. shedding some tears when the doc, Moonlight Graham, goes over the line. And when it, Ray Kinsella goes, oh, my God, you can't go back. Like, that <laughs> that, that got me. It just still gets – yeah. Uh, I, I mean, you mock me all you want, Rudy. Uh, first I cried time I saw Rudy, Rudy. One, at one point. I was a kid. but I, When he goes in and Charles Dutton's <laughs> doing the, the, the clap, yeah. <laughs> I just – Smack the mic. <laughs> that that – I guess sports movies will get me sometimes, but yeah, not not too much. Texas, I've cried way more over pets than any funeral. Am I a psycho? No, because I've done the same thing. I've cried over every dog I've I've lost. I've lost three in my lifetime, and every one of them is is I've, I've cried. I think, especially I when I had to make the decision on two of them. Oh, yeah, I, I'm not looking forward to that because yeah. this will be the first time. Like Penny's our dog. Like we bought yeah. her. It'll be the first time. Like I've got to do that. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be bad. Texas says, Mike, I think we're a similar age, and I just can't wait to get back to the energy level at games when we were crushing Cincinnati, Miami, and then the blackout game against WVU has to be one of the most memorable. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's the biggest thing that you're seeing right now is, and I I talked at length about this yesterday, you've got a renewed energy and a renewed enthusiasm because I think people believe that Jeff is a good coach who can lead this program to the type of success in the ACC that we all were envisioning um, eight years ago when we were about to make the leap. But two, there's definitely a nostalgic element to this whole thing. Like the Brahms, are they synonymous with Louisville football? Yeah. But more than that, they're synonymous with, with success. Like almost all of the best moments in the history of this program, which again are limited compared to like the best 25 programs in the sports history, but all of the best moments, almost all of them, have had a Brahm at or near the center of, of what's been going on. So when you think, yeah. Jeff, whether you're thinking, you know, the, the Liberty Bowl in 93 playing with a broken finger or being a part of the Fiesta Bowl team or, you know, just putting Louisville kind of on the map by choosing Louisville in general when he could have gone to Notre Dame or any school that he wanted to. Or if you're thinking about him being the OC, the quarterback's coach, when his brother was the quarterback and we were flirting with, with national titles in the mid-2000s, like, it, it, brings about, it brings about those old feelings. And after going through these last four years where, let's be real, the fan base – never got as excited about Scott Satterfield as they've been during those past eras, even when they thought that maybe he could have that same type of success. I mean, we had a, a good season this past year. The crowds were 40,000 at best for against good teams, against top 25 teams. There just wasn't – people just did not buy into Scott Satterfield the way that they bought into past eras of Louisville football. And Jeff Brom has the ability to, I think, get a lot of those people back. I can't tell you the number of people who have DM me on Twitter or who have – you know, been in my mentions on Twitter or who have sent me emails talking about how they've either renewed their season tickets or picked their season tickets back up or becoming a first-time season ticket member. Somebody at the ticket office sent me a message last night saying it's been – the exact word was it's been crazy. Like, this is what you wanted when you hired Jeff yeah. Brom. Like, I, I think that – by the way, there's a deal going on right now. If you renew your season tickets or you become a, a, a new season ticket holder before days end tomorrow, you get free tickets to the Fenway Bowl. So if you were – you know, thinking about Boston or now you're thinking about Boston because of the stakes of the game or because Jeff's back, 
perfect time to become a season ticket uh, season ticket holder. But like this is the type of just shot in the arm that I think everybody was hoping when Brom got announced as, as, as the the coach yesterday, and it's already happening. I got breaking news. You ready to hold on to those tears? I'm excited. You're going to cry now. Okay. Well, Be ready. You want me to bring okay. some tissues? I'm only a sad crier, so that doesn't make me happy. This might make you sad. Okay. Officially, today, Dan Dockage has been fired from the fan, and he was, his day was his last day on the air. Oh, my God. He has been, his, his breaking news, he has been let go from Radio 1 officially. This is the good karma of the Dalai Lama. <laughs> the Dalai Lama's not dying. <laughs> Greg Doyle. It's all happening right now. If you go to Greg Doyle's account, he just tweeted it out that uh, the, the with the email, by the way, sent to him uh, from the uh, operations manager at the fan, which if you know the fan is in Indianapolis, it's their big station. Uh, it's today was Dan Dockage's last day with Radio One. We wish him all the best in endeavors, yada yada. In his absence, please look forward to business matters to so on and so forth. That ass clown has had this coming. Today for, was his last day so on long. The air. Oh, it feels good. It feels wonderful. I thought you were going to shed a tear there for a second. I kind, I I said I don't cry happy tears. I kind of, I literally on yesterday's show said I don't root for anybody to lose their job besides maybe Dan Dan Dockage. And le- Dockage gets gets kicked off the air. Braum returns to Louisville. I mean, Greg Fisher may have not done much great as mayor. He's not a very popular mayor right now. He may have saved. No he may have saved the whole damn city and the athletic program with this Dalai Lama thing. I'm not convinced that this isn't good karma. I mean, I'm curious if this just, just was inevitable or did he actually say something else stupid? I don't even care. Get him out of here. Yeah, he's gone. He's still doing ESPN games, right? No. He has, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even, you know I don't pay attention to He did the, the big announcers. three stuff because he has a contract with the big three specifically, okay. but, well, but he's out. Watch that. He's out on college basketball for ESPN. So he's not doing anything now other than the big three. So. Well, he's doing outkick the coverage stuff of course, because of course he is. <laughs> Yeah, I've noticed Tra- Tra- Travis is, uh, is on a, having a field day with Biden and this Brittany Griner stuff on Twitter, I saw. Is he? Oh, he's losing his mind on this all day today. Why? I don't, I because guess they, they didn't get we the other traded, guy. We traded some terrorist for or something. I don't the know. The arms dealer? Yeah. I, I mean, don't know. I mean. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that. But I'm sure Dan will. I'm sure Dan will. Clay Travis has. <laughs> Dan did send me a lovely email after I had my son. He did. But he was being a he was he was being a douche because I I tweeted the day before about making fun of him you know, his comments about um, we didn't even know if it was real we had, we were thinking of looking into it I <laughs> had to look up the email address to make sure that it was actually him I figured it was um, but he yeah he he did the thing where it was like I, I'm trying to kill you with kindness so you can't possibly be a d back to me but I had made fun of the fact that he had said Miles Bridges in college had no game you know he's got he's got no game was his exact exact quote about Miles Bridges. And Miles Bridges that month had been named the NBA Player of the Month, so uh, he was off to a fantastic start. Miles Bridges, by the way, has game. He's he's a good NBA player, and um, he responded with like, "Here, you had a son recently. Like, congratulations. Nothing beats having a son." I'm like, dude, let's not. You we have gone at it on Twitter for like the last three years. Let's not act like this. <laughs> you know what you're doing here. Get out of here. I love this. Uh, I don't know if this the, the the poster, I guess, or the 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 display at the at the press conference, but I kind of want this to be on the media guide. With the little word says passion, passion, family, tradition. Brahm is back. Ooh, I like that. I like that, and it's got a picture of him like as as a as a player back in his playing day, and then you know next to him. Say that again. What was the what was the tagline? Passion, family, tradition. PFD. Brahm is back. I like it better than tough together, unbreakable. You go look at uh, John Clay. He's the one that tweeted it out. Well, it's 
I don't know about that because John Clay is licensing guy, but well, I'm just saying now it's now, now I don't like it, but <laughs> I'm just joking. I, I like John Clay a lot. I the I bo- like the tagline. I, I mean, I do too. Because I was thinking, I was thinking this yesterday. I was like, what can we do? Like, because you know, you always got kind of I don't want to say corny, but you got to you got to do something on like the the media guys, right? I mean, whether it be you know putting Louisville players on horses or putting UK guys looking like the village people or, or Harry Potter or something like that. Like I was, I was wondering what we could do with this, and this might be—I don't know who came up with that, but they nailed it. I think, like this, this picture he posted, this should be on the cover of the media guide. No disrespect to the the players, but that should be it. I love it. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about it. Uh, we've got hour number two coming up. Again, we're not sure exactly when this Braum press conference is going to happen. We'll keep you updated on the happenings at the KFCM Center as well. And then when we get word on whether or not uh, or at what time the Braum press conference is going to start, we'll kick the coverage over there. Again, keep it locked right here. We'll take some more text messages after the break. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on a celebratory Thursday here on 1450 The Big X. Starts now here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. And folks, Board of Trustees season is back. The board meeting at U of L is underway. Jody Dummies posted a picture. Usually these things are like terrible news. Like like where I'm sick of knowing who the board members are. Yeah, usually when we talk about the board, it's never a good thing, is it? But they've moved into executive session, which means mm-hmm. we expect this this meeting to be relatively short, where they will approve the new contract for U of L head football coach Jeff Brom. And then we will have a press conference featuring Josh Hurd, Lori Gonzalez, and then Jeff himself. We had a couple of texts asking, is Jeff going to speak? Yes. Like, yeah. like he will speak, and then I think he will take some questions from the press. It should be a good time. And when that happens, we will carry that live. Um, we, we had a couple other notes to get to real quickly before we go back to the text line. Jaden Davis, the tight end commit at UofL, who took in, he was visited at home yesterday by the Cincinnati coaches. He announced, uh, it looks like about 45 minutes ago, that he is decommitted from Louisville. So he becomes the second member of this 2023 recruiting class to go ahead and decommit. If you're looking for more positive news, last night, um, Yasir Abdullah's father, who has been very outspoken and not the biggest fan of Scott Satterfield, seems to love Jeff Brom. He went on with the the, the Louisville Live, uh, Louisville Sports Live folks over there on 93 on the Ville and talked about, you got asked the question, in this day and age, so many players with NFL aspirations are skipping their bowl games. Yasir Abdullah having a huge season, Looks like he's on a lot of draft board radars. Is there a chance that he doesn't play in the Fenway Bowl? And his dad said, we're a card family. Yasir and I'm not going to do what the coach did. I'm playing with my team. That was a, about Yasir Abdullah. So that's fantastic news. Uh, very excited that Yasir is going to be participating in the game. And also a little shot at Scott Satterfield there. Because you saw Will Levis announced he wasn't playing in the bowl game, right? And Chris Rodriguez today. And Chris So, which. I have no problem. Like usually, you know, you expect me to get the old man rant out when it comes to people, but when it comes to smart like that, I have no problem. Who cares? 
What yeah. does get old, rant, old man ran to me is the Ohio State guy sitting out. Yeah, except that was mis- misread. Like he, he's only not playing because they didn't get medically cleared. Like, oh, okay, okay. Like, I, I know the ESPN headline was a was. To- and if you read the story, because I had the same thing, I'm like, damn, well, you got people sitting out the playoff now. He's not playing in the playoff because the doctor said he can't. He's out for the season. He's, oh, okay. So I, that was, and so that was mind. exactly same thing. Like I had that in, same initial reaction where I'm like, I, I don't want to be the old guy here, but sitting at the minor bowl games is one thing. Sitting at the playoff, which just never happened before. That's a different one. And then I read the story. I'm like, this is just completely misleading. He's not playing. The ESPN yeah. put a fake. He headline. says he's entering the NFL draft because his doctor said you can't play the rest of the year. So, like, everybody knew he was going to go pro anyway, but he's yeah. very clearly would have played in the playoff game oh, if he'd been healthy. Okay, never mind. Yeah, first same, thing I, I saw. Thing. Yeah, I was like, I, I mean, I questioned if I want to draft a guy that's doing that. Yeah, I, I, mean, I had the same thought. So, but yeah, this is, I stand corrected. I apologize because I didn't even bother clicking. I never click on the links. So. Well, I actually, I, I probably I, should. I clicked on the, the responses below because I'm, like, I'm like, I'm hoping there's more to this. Yeah. And then, like, sure enough, like every response was, this is incredibly misleading. Like, and he has been out most of the year, has yeah, he not? He's, yeah, he's hurt. He was hoping to come back for the playoff. The doctors told him, you're officially done for the year. You can't play it all this year. So that's why he was like, I'm, I, I'm entering into the NFL draft. It's kind of weird because he he got in, in the, he got kind of into the spot because the people in front of him got injured and he blew up last year. Remember, yeah. he had like that 200 yard game, the bowl game, yeah. And then I guess he's been pretty much out all this year. Now Marvin Harrison's kid has kind of stepped into that role. Yeah, he's been great. Yeah, five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Again, we'll keep you updated on what the happenings with the the Louisville volleyball team at the KFCM Center and updates with the Jeff Brown press conference to come. Uh, cards. Up two sets to nothing over Baylor. Yeah. Third set underway there uh, at the KFCM Center. UofL is up 8-3 to three now in the third set. Just uh, a handful of points away from going to a regional final for the, I believe, third time in four years, which is pretty remarkable given that they'd never been to a regional final before they, they beat Texas back in 2020. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton Sex Line. Texture says there are a lot of fans already at this Brom Presser. Yeah, I'm seeing pictures already. It's, it's awesome, actually. Because all I think all season ticket holders got the invite, got an email yesterday saying you're welcome to come to this thing. They're trying, they're doing it like the Scott Satterfield one, where there was a lot of media there four years ago. The fans who showed up were, I'm assuming, not going to be as large as the the Jeff Brom contingency, but it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Jeff's definitely gonna try. Oh, yeah, yeah, so the. Uh, the- Oh, I think he's you're, crying. You're putting the odds to yes on, on Jeff crying and shedding a tear? I mean, he cried when he was talking about why he wasn't coming here. That's true. I can't imagine how he's not going to cry if he's talking about when he is coming here. Uh, Jeff Brom press conference prop bet. How many – he mentions every uh, – Brian, Oscar, and Greg all get mentioned. Oscar's definitely getting mentioned. Okay. I don't know if the brothers get a shout-out. Really? Okay. He might say, like, you know – there might be something about you know Brian staying behind a little bit. I'm still cheering for my, my, my for my former players. I hope they win the Citrus Bowl and you know with Brian, they're in good hands for the the interim. Which by the way, I've gotten a lot of questions about is Brian going to come because it is a little bit odd that he's sticking around to coach the team if he was just going to come here to be the offensive coordinator. I believe, and this is not coming from Brian himself, but my understanding from from people who would know is that the only way Brian does not come here with Jeff to Louisville is if he winds up getting the full-time job from Purdue, which I think he's a candidate. I don't think he's the leading candidate, but I think he's a candidate. But have you seen the— And they can't wait to see just how he does in the bowl game. because No, I, I think it would probably be more like a if they swing and miss on some guys and Brian does well in the bowl game, then they might get the uh, the, the thing. Have you seen the, the message board geniuses post about <laughs> Purdue? Message board geniuses. There's that, a, that's an oxymoron, right? Well, there's an account on Twitter that just posts <laughs> stuff from like, like the stupidest things from various message boards. I got busy. 
He's, <laughs> he is. He's very busy. The thing today was from Purdue. They think that they're going to get Sean Payton. Uh, is Sean Payton like the new like Bill Parcells of this? Is, the uh, new John Gruden? Urban Meyer. Yeah. There's like, yeah. There's one like every, every, every 10 years we have a new one. So, I don't think John Gruden's involved anymore. I think he's been I think he's been uh been canceled out of that one. So <laughs> the the it's goldenblack.com. It's like please tell me the Sean Payton rumor is true and the next guy says someone on the other side posted about a 9.4 million dollar deal. And then somebody <laughs> trying to be the voice of reason says his name is being tossed around for the Cardinals and Broncos jobs. Bringing him up as a candidate for Purdue is laughable at best and immediately somebody responds with with the expansion of the Big 10. And the new TV deal. Oh Purdue will be seen as a better job than the Cardinals or Broncos jobs. <laughs> Come on, guys. Uh, this Purdue. is bad even for message board geniuses. Yeah, I mean. He's number one on their hot board. Sean Payton going to Purdue. Hey, if it ends up happening, I'll, I'll apologize. But I don't think it's going to. No. Texas says uh, the Schnellenberger prophecy is not a myth. We're on a collision course. If Jeff references the collision course you quote, you stole my next my next prop bet. Damn it! I was going to say I, that I might legitimately cry. I'm okay. gonna, I take it all back. If if he ends the presser with like, the collision course starts now, or something like that, like it, it and it ends the clock. The, no, the, the clock. The the, the the he just like tick tock. The, the like, clock is ticking. The clock is ticking. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. I mean, prop bet. So I just thought the prop bet number at least over under two Snellenberger references or quotes. Including, obviously, a collision course with a championship. I think he definitely gets the two. Okay. More, I don't know. I I, I, would, I, I mean, I don't know. I, actually, other than that one, I don't know how many I could probably. But I think he'll reference, like, you know, playing for him. Obviously. Coming here. So, yeah. Uh, trying to finish what he started, something like that. I, I'm going over. I, I think you okay. hear a couple of Howard, at least a couple of Howard references. All right. Texas says, Brom is going to have a tough time next year. Is there even going to be any talent left on the roster? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna probably bring some in too as well. And you know what? That's that's the, the that that's where I have so much more confidence. And no respect, I guess, to Satterfield, even though it's hard not to, is that I have confidence that even if the talent level is below what it needs to be from the start for Jeff Brom, he's gonna get the best out of it, and we're gonna be competitive with it. Which is something I probably don't have that same warm and cozy feeling when it comes to Satterfield. Yeah, this is kind of like a. By the way, if you're wondering about guys transferring, I think Louisville's in very good shape with the Western Kentucky quarterback, Austin Reed. I know I mentioned that yesterday. Mm-hmm. If you want to watch videos of him, you can you can find that. Dude can sling it. He, he's got a, a big-time arm. Um, and then Stephen Heron, the former Trinity star, who's been a very good linebacker at Stanford. You need to find some linebackers. You're losing pretty much all of them from this past year's defense. I think Louisville's in, in good shape with him. And some of these Purdue recruits. I mean, Purdue was not recruiting – as well as they had been at the beginning of Brahms tenure. But there are some guys in that class that are high four-star players that if you can flip them, you feel pretty good about them coming in and replacing some of the guys that you're going to lose from the current class. I assume he has eligibility left because I don't think he's just a redshirt sophomore like everyone else. But the one player I just think just, which is maybe ex- can explode next year is Marshawn Ford. Malik Cunningham? No. Malik Cunningham. He's coming never. back. Marshawn Ford does have eligibility, right? I believe he does. I mean, I don't, every time I've looked him up, he's a, I feel like he was a Ballard. sophomore. Yeah. <laughs> every time I think, I, think Granted, I think he graduated the same class from Ballard as Devontae Parker, but I think yeah. he does have eligibility. I thought he's been on his last year for the last two, and every time I look up, I'm like, oh, he's got multiple he's years. Got, yeah. He was a redshirt junior this past year, so he's got at least one year left that we know of. Oh, yeah. See, I'm just I, – I, he's the guy I can see Brom just, just and Brom loves licking his like lips. Yeah, yeah, for that one. 
he, which is why I was kind of surprised to see Jaden Davis decommit because look, Brom is kind of like Petrino in that loves using the tight end, mm-hmm. loves you know, making these guys into NFL type players. Um, I wonder if the, the the tight end at Purdue has any. I mean, he'll probably go pro. Dwayne Perman. I think that's the he's probably gonna the go understanding pro, is yeah. he's probably bounced into the NFL more likely. But I mean, Marshawn, yeah, is a big winner in all this. At least he should be. And Amari Huggins Roost was very excited to see Jeff Brom come oh, in and be. that about. We'll see. I mean, if you're talking about guys that you want to stay the most in this class now that are currently committed. Obviously, Ruben Owens is a superior talent, but we know Jeff likes to to throw it around a little bit. DeAndre Moore would be an absolute steal if you're able to get him in here. He would be an electric playmaker in this type of offense. Did I, have I missed something, or do we still are we still up in the air for T. Huddy? Tyler Hudson. Yeah. Did I get his nickname wrong? He could. Yeah. He he could well, come. It's T. Huddy, right? Yeah, it is. Okay, just making sure. Thuddy. We because uh, <laughs> he technically could come back for one more year. He's kind of been. I think leaning towards just going pro regardless, but we'll see. Maybe he can be convinced. Maybe maybe Jeff Prom can make that happen. We'll find out. But as far as like him building this roster, I don't think you can say that until you see what type of transfer talent he's able to bring in. And that was going to be the case with Satterfield regardless. Yeah, I agree. Even if he kept this class together, you were going to have to go out there and get some big-time transfers to come in here and play right away. And we just don't know what this roster is going to look like at this point in time. I think with Jeff Prom, it's sort of a – you're in kind of a reverse Kenny Payne situation where – you feel good about his ability to, to to coach up the talent that he's got to work to get the most out of maybe lesser talent, but you're not sure that he's going to go out there and, and kill it with NIL the way that the the past staff was doing. The, and I say past staff, the way that the, the Adidas people and some members of the past staff were doing. You're not you're not sure if he's going to want to dip into those waters, but we'll find out. All the, all those questions will be answered. I think you still feel confident if he has a good enough roster to be able to you know get seven, eight, nine wins out of that roster. Texas says. Any word on Jermaine Lole? Not since the the news broke this week. What was that? I didn't even see the news break this week. Well, Satterfield leaving. And, and oh, wow, well, well, okay. But before Satterfield left, he was going to come back. I know that. I don't know if that changes with the new coaching regime, with the, the new defensive uh, coaches that are coming in, but he has, he's has he been mom. Texas says, any word on which commits Jeff likes the most and really wants to keep? No. I, I don't think he – I think he knows the situation with the, the recruiting – he, I don't think he's like gotten in contact with all the recruits yet. Speaking of, I mean, we 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 keep talking about recruits we have in keeping. Have we we even looked into like the the freshman he had coming into Purdue that he could flip over back to us? Well, I, like I a, did mention at the start like of the a show. Cal version. I mentioned at the start of the show the Kendrick Gilbert kid who is okay. a four star defensive lineman who on his story last night was posting a bunch of Louisville stuff that would seem to be good news. Um, we'll find out what happens there, and then yeah, maybe there's some other ones out there. Texas says, what if he ends his press conference today with, I have two questions for you guys. One, is this or is this not the University of Louisville? Yes, it is. Number two, do I or do I currently not have a pulse? Yes, I do. Let's play football. He, I, I prop bet he does not mention anything about the XFL. No. I Something think, tells me. I, I don't think. I think he, he, he I think it's on his nerves a little bit. At this point. I, it, it does. Yeah, he's been, he's been beating, beating down on him. He. Um, <laughs> it reminds me of that there's a story about the – Christopher McDonald, the guy who played Shooter McGavin and Happy Gilmore, like that's gone kind of viral this week. But they're like two guys running to him at LAX, the airport, and they're like Shooter McGavin, Shooter, and he's like, that movie was like twenty years ago. Grow the hell up. <laughs> and then he keeps walking for a little bit and then turns around. And he's like, choke on that, baby, two times, Shooter. <laughs> and I was like, that's I think that's kind of Jeff. Like he's, he gets annoyed by it, but he's he's also like he plays along. I mean, can. Jeff was one of the few guys that uh, I mean, uh, Rod Smart, another one, the Western Kentucky guy. 
uh, who really like embraced the whole wrestling aspect of the XFL. He hate me. Yeah, he hate me. Uh, Texas says, what's up with this tweet from Zach Soskin? Have you seen? The- so Zach Soskin is one of the guys who's been instrumental in the Adidas recruiting class. Like he's the guy everybody follows him, everybody tweets at him. I can't tell you exactly what his role is. I just know that he's very clearly involved with all of these kids. And he just tweeted out at 405, you already left these kids with zero warning. Now you have the audacity to tell them to, to, to tell them some wild lies. Shameless, super disappointing. That, is that Satterfield? I would assume so. Hmm. What Ooh. lies are they being told? That the, it has to be something that's going to be there on, for them? They have to be telling on Louisville. Man, Satterfield is it's an ultimate villainous turn. Like, he's becoming an ultimate heel around here. I mean, he's... He's like Nate from from uh, <laughs> Ted Lasso. <laughs> I never understood why Nate was so pissed. Like, I don't I understand just, why Satterfield's I, so pissed. Like, I finished rewatching it just the other day, like, right before I got sick, and I was like, I, I still don't, like... The only thing I could come to the conclusion is he's still just, he's so mad because he doesn't have his picture up. He gives him that picture, and he's like, you don't even have, you have a bunch of Americans of pictures in there, not mine. I'm like, really? Is that what all this is about? Is a picture? <laughs> Never understood that. He's just angry because he's not loved as much as he thinks he should be, yeah. like Scott Satterfield was here. I guess so. Texas says Sean Payton will become Purdue's head football coach when Brad Stevens becomes Louisville's men's basketball head coach. Just hang on there. <laughs> just hold on there. I had all these Iona fans, like, furious at me. Because I tweeted out after they beat St. Louis by 22. I'm like, this is going to be Rick's last season in New Rochelle, which I'll bet any of you a gigantic cup of coffee that it will be. And they're like, you just think he's going to go. I'm like, oh, I'm not saying he's going to Louisville. He just ain't coaching for you anymore after this year. He's going to a power conference team. I mean, his he has family members who have not been shy about sharing that information. How many Iowa fans really are there? Few. <laughs> I was gonna say. But they're feisty. <laughs> I love it. I can't help but Every time you say Rochelle, I just, my mind just right goes to Seinfeld. Texas says a UK fan, President Lori Gonzalez, just blocked the hiring. She's calling to question into his past. <laughs> Request two weeks further due diligence. We would, we would riot. They would have to get security to get her out of there. She was like, I'm not signing She's just it. throwing L's down like on the way out like in, in arms. Stoops for life, baby. I got two weeks left. L's down. You should have given me the full-time job. Uh, they still are in executive session as of right now. So. The the uh, volleyball game you said was done though, right? No, no, no. Oh. It's still going on, to my knowledge. We were about to sweep them, though. I thought we are ahead in the third set. Uh, cards lead two to nothing. All oh, story. Uh, they are. Oh, it's almost over. Twenty four sixteen is the, is the current score that I'm seeing on the stat update. Oh. So one point away from a trip to the regional final where they will uh, take on Oregon tomorrow with a trip. Oh, uh, it's official Saturday. Now. I should say. Oh, is it done? Yeah, Sullivan just tweeted twenty five seconds ago. Boom. Baylor 25-23, 25-16, and 25-17 advanced. Decisive victory for the Cards. Yeah. Headed back to the regional finals. They will play Oregon Saturday at 4 p.m. Make it out to the KFC Yum Center if you can. Cards one win away from a second straight trip to the Final Four. It's unbelievable what Danny Busboom Kelly is doing with that program. Props to her and props to everybody involved. The, currently, I mean, the most successful program at the University of Louisville, without question. With women's basketball stumbling a little bit right now, baseball set for a big season, but... You know, they took a little bit of a step back the last couple of years. Volleyball, the the the, the queens of the athletic program right now. They are yeah. dominating. Uh, the queen of the South. The queen of the South. The queen of the whatever region we're in. <laughs> the queen of the Ohio Valley. Uh, 502-414-1450. Uh, Texas says, I'm hearing that Hudson will not play in the bowl game. Not sure the exact reasons. That's been – I knew that was the rumor before going into this week. 
Um, I didn't know if that, if Satterfield leaving was going to change anything or if he wanted to wait to hear from Jeff Brom, but we'll see. Is Cunningham playing? Um, to my understanding, yeah. I mean, I don't think Malik would. Yeah, he's. A, he, I don't think he's sitting out um, if it's not for health reasons. Texture says, if I was doing 414 I've been listening to you guys since the first couple of days of the show and I've never understood, never heard you guys so chipper and positive. <laughs> the Brom news was unbelievable and its effects are far reaching. I'm scared to think of how happy you guys would be right now if the basketball team was capable of beating Sullivan Culinary College. Oh, well, one victory at a time. Go Cards. This is literally in the almost, what, how long have we been on the air now together? Almost, year and a half. Year and a half. This is by far the highlight of, of, of that tenure. It's either that or when we were on air when the baseball team beat Michigan in the in the in the regional final. Yeah, but this is I mean this is this is this is this is it right here. I think so too. We we've been building for this for since um, since almost day one of the show, I guess. Yeah, basketball news has not been good. No, that's, that's an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> uh Texture says, if my dad passed and Louisville wins a champion football or basketball, I'm crying for days. Yeah, I mean, if my dad dies, I'm definitely going to cry. Are you kidding me? Or if anybody close to me really dies, I'm going to cry. Yeah, again, that's a, I think we established that. We're sad criers. Yeah, sad criers. Funerals and, and, and sports movies are, are the only thing to do it. Texas, as soon as this pressure starts, I will cry. <laughs> Texas, I would cry if we won a football national championship. See, I don't know. I guess if I, if I, I don't even know how I'd feel. If I, if I didn't cry for Louisville winning a national title and the Eagles winning a Super Bowl, then I just I, I can't see myself. I just can't see myself doing it for even for a football championship. Football national title is just so outside the room. Every now and then, since I've been doing radio, we've gotten the question of, you know, would you rather have a basketball national championship or a football national championship? And I always say football because, one, you've already had basketball multiple times. And, two, a football national title changes your overall athletic program more than a, a basketball national title does because football runs the show. I mean, if you – your entire, like U of L athletics, gets looked at in a different light if you're a program that's won a national title in football than it does if you've won you know, 17 straight national titles in basketball, uh, in, in, in women's basketball or baseball or any other sport. Like it just, it just changes things. And also because it seems so unrealistic for you know, all of our lives. Even right now with the program you know, having flirted with, with playing for a national title a couple of times, it still feels like we're, you know, we're certainly one of the outsiders, one of the many, many outsiders, like 90% of the sport. So to make that actually happen would be, yeah, it would be, I'd have a bunch of weird emotions. It'd be crazy. Texas says, how many times do you think Satterfield and Chris Mack got together to complain about Brahm and Patino the last four years? Well, I know Satterfield complained about, about, uh, about Brahm. I think with Mack, he was, I think he was definitely affected by Rick Patino. The first time that I ever talked to Chris Mack, it was that summer, um, and it was he was very approachable, very like it was just like we we're in a, a social setting, and like he did bring it up like ten minutes into the conversation, like do you like like how long do you think it's going to take this fan base to move past Rick Pitino? And I was like, I was very straightforward, maybe because I had a few drinks. I'm like, whenever we start winning, like Rick Pitino did again, like that that's when people will forget about it. Like that's when people are going to stop comparing you know you or whoever the head coach is to what Rick Pitino did and. It hasn't happened yet, so people are still talking about Rick Pitino. But I do think that that was was always in his mind and, and certainly played a part. And I think Satterfield, I think for him, he was kind of like, "I'm doing just as well as that guy is. Why you, why do you keep talking about him?" I think he was, I think he was very annoyed by the Brom talk. I can see that. By the way, I brought up the I've got the press card. We know he's not, you know, it's not going on, but I brought up the link. They're they're just live there, and you can see people. That, and the very first suggestion link next to it is. 
Bob Petrino introduced his new Louisville head coach. Oh. I'm like, really? <laughs> Texas says, uh, since Brittany Griner's on her way home, quick rant on how much Kim Mulkey sucks. I have 60-second timer standing by. We don't, I don't, I don't want to get into it, but Kim Mulkey absolutely sucks. And you and I agreed on this, too. Like, it was... I, there, everything has to be political now. And so yeah. when she made the comment about, like, I'm not going to comment on this. I'm not going to talk about it. I get that you don't want to be political because she's a, a right-leaning person. But just you'd think, like, the humanitarian, like, the human being in you would say, I hope everything works out well for she. I mean, she made your career. She People know who knew who you were for the first time because you had the best basketball player in the world in Brittany Griner. You would think that you would just at least have the, the humanity to say, I hope she – it's safe, like comes home safe, or I hope she's safe. Even if you you want to be like, well, she should, she knew what she was getting into over there, or you know, whatever. Like, just say, make a simple comment. I hope the best for Brittany. I always will. Like, th- that's it. It's all you have to do. And she's like, I'm not commenting. I'm like, that's just a, it's a crap thing to do, regardless of your politics. Yeah, well, she's kind of a, she's crap. terrible. Yeah. Texas says, uh, for real, how are we going to play a bowl game with one coach? Well, I think we're gonna have at least two. <laughs> I think Dion and Pete might still be around. I mean, listen, if the Colts can do it with Saturday. Where they fired that entire staff and brought him in with a bunch of people, and they've been what they've gone like one and two since then. They've been okay, and they're competent even yeah. though they're losing. And almost, I mean, for fifty-eight minutes, they almost had the best team in the NFL. The Eagles beat. You know what they could do is just take the staff. Now that said, you saw what happened to him. Yeah, this, been, I mean, he's, he doesn't know what he's doing, but that's what's yeah. Happen. Just take the staff from Christian Academy. They're all former U of L players. They went fifteen and zero. Hunter Cantwell, Chris Redman, Keith Tobridge. I think there are a couple other ones on the staff. You say that, but I, I would. I'm gonna. I'm gonna one, just one step different. I say send the staff from Bullet East. You just won. Us. You won the top level championship. That's your gift. You you get to be rewarded by going to coach a bowl game. Can you imagine just send the kids with them? You know, let the let the kids go out there and do it. Call play. That'd be awesome. Now, nah, I really wish Mail had won it, but no, you know, whatever. <laughs> Texas, we'll enter, we'll enter Sandman play when Jeff walks out of the presser. Is that is is he a, is Enter Sandman his thing? I don't even know. No, but we play that when we come out of the field. No, oh, I didn't even didn't even put two and two together. There's a street fight, Charlie versus Jeff, who wins. Oh Lord, there's Patrick being zoomed in on in the link on this video. He's wearing the the the, the white jacket and oh, the red Patrick's shirt. there. Yeah. Like they're just scanning through the people and they just zoomed in on Patrick standing there. Talking to, uh, looks like he was talking to Jody. How does Patrick always weasel his way into this? I, I, just, I just looked up and there's Patrick just right there in my face. <laughs> Unbelievable. He's that guy who just always finds his way. To- First of all, why is he not here? <laughs> he's at the press <laughs> I mean, yeah. I was told he had baseball practice today. <laughs> this, is, this is classic Patrick. Um, by the way. I got a little bit of this is good news. Also, he might be the youngest person there. Because <laughs> now everybody's asking questions about, well, what's up with the Bosco Four, right? What's up with Pierce Clarkson, DeAndre Moore, um, Aaron Williams? Like, like, are we going to be able to hold on to those guys? So, St. John Bosco, they beat Matter Day. They've moved on. They play for a state championship game this weekend. Jeff Brom's going to be there. Ooh, so, you can't blame him. You, you can't, if these kids want to go somewhere else, you can't say it's for lack of trying. He's going to be, ma- he's making it a priority. He's, in here today, his press conference, he's shaking hands, kissing babies, shedding some tears, celebrating this evening, and then boom, on a plane to Cali tomorrow. I just love the name Bosco Four. The Bosco Four. I want to give the hands like, 
before, before, <laughs> before. Man, I'm seeing shots of the the, the crowd. It, it is packed. Are you I, I, and, are you in the Courier Journal one? So John Clay's picture, Dugan is front and center. Yeah, Dugan's <laughs> right in the middle of the picture, and Trey's right there giving it the, the stink eye to John Clay. <laughs> you can't. Do you see? Do you see? Do you see Patrick? No. There was a, there was a great picture. They're Jody. right in the front. Yeah, oh, I know. You, oh, you can't miss it right now. I'm, Patrick sticks out because he's wearing that that white old school jacket. Trey looks like the most only pissed off person there. He's got his arms crossed. He's like staring at oh, the he's side. Pure teenager. He's just too cool. Yeah, he's he is. Uh, <laughs> there was a picture on Facebook. I guess Jody retweeted in the memories today. It was like, it's perfect. This came up. It was from the uh, Western Wind their bowl game, and the pictures with Jody and Jeff on the trophy. And there's Dugan in the battle right next to Jeff. With his, with his Western shirt on. <laughs> okay, we quickly, officially now, the hiring of Jeff Brom has been approved yes. by the U of Board of Trustees, which means <sighs> there's no more waiting for approval. Jeff Brom, as of right now, is officially, officially, the new University of Louisville head football coach. Let's go to break when we come back. Like I mean, a the, sigh of relief, The right? press conference will be going on shortly, so we want to make sure that we have time to come back and, and take the beginning of it. So when you come back, you may hear us talking. You may hear Jeff Brom talking. It's the UofL official press conference coming your way next here on 1450 The Big about this real quickly did you see roush getting into his feelings last night on twitter i mean you know that they're uh we, we guys cousin yeah we we tease always say it's like we tease and said nephew uncle right brother i mean we, we we change it every time as a running joke but yeah they are technically cousins i i want to ask roush and i guess maybe his dad's a uk fan but like how do you become a diehard uk fan if the Brahms are literally your cousins and you're growing up going to Louisville games and you're cheering for them and your your mom is <sighs> rushing home to tape all the Louisville games. I forget. I want to say, I don't even know if it's both parents are actually UofL fans for him. And, like, he just, like, just wanted to be, like, anti. What a move, man. I mean, he's not the only one. I've got a buddy that's a UK fan. That his, I mean, literally his entire family is diehard Louisville. And he just he just wanted to be, you know, be a teenage rebellion teenager. I don't, I can't relate. But he, I mean, Roush, all I know, we always joke about him actually being a UofL fan. Yeah. But he's basically putting out there like, you know, he didn't go He didn't go so far as to say, I'll root for UofL when they're not playing UK because that's, you know, blasphemy in this rivalry. But he kind of says it, which I appreciate. And I, I, It'd be weird, though. Like, imagine, like, somebody you're very close to in your life. Like, like I, I'm trying to imagine, like, my son going to play for UK as a diehard UofL guy who now is getting paid to talk about UofL and basically be a fan professionally It'd be a very weird thing to have to be like, I mean, it's my son. What do you want me to do? <laughs> or if like one of my nephews went and played for for UK, it would be a, a very strange thing. It would be, yeah. I mean, I, I did I did see I saw that he was getting some grief for it from UK fans, shockingly. But uh, I haven't had a chance to actually go read the uh, read the post. 
UK fans just can't help themselves. Like even when it's not, mean, even when it's like even the ones who are, who would be like, man, cool for you, happy for your family, but also for me, it's L's down for life. You're like, well, who cares? I don't. It's like when UK fans say something nice to me, and they're like, they're like, I'm a UK fan, but I'm like, you don't have to to introduce your fandom. What what was the post I saw you tweet the other day where the guy the the funeral and I guess in England and they they, they mentioned he was a it's, fan. It's team, they somebody booed. And somebody booed because his club. And I was like, if you throw L's down at my funeral, I'm haunting the hell out. I'm putting off the afterlife for as long as I have to to haunt was, your entire family. I'm moving into your house that night. That's my favorite. That might be in my top ten favorite tweets of yours. By I'm, the not, way. I'm not stopping. That was hilarious. Like yeah, that was. I mean, you throwing L's down at my funeral, like you're dead. You're done. I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure your entire life is hell. Uh, but that was. <laughs> By the way, I'm looking at the – we now have the official press release from UofL naming Jeff Brom the 24th head football coach at the University of Louisville. There's a quote from the governor in this press release. Today is a great day for the University of Louisville as Jeff Brom is coming home to the Commonwealth, said Governor Andy Bashir. Brittany and I want to personally welcome his family, and we know he will not only be a great coach but also a great member of our Louisville and Kentucky community. Look, if you're a Democrat, you got to have Louisville to win the, any sort of statewide election. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man knows that. Man knows what he's doing. It's all politics, baby. Here's the, the Josh Hurd quote. Uh, We're excited to welcome home head coach Jeff Brom and his family to the University of Louisville. The Broms are synonymous with Louisville, and Jeff has made a lasting impact on our city as a high school star, college quarterback, professional athlete, and coach. But beyond his ties to the city, what excites me the most about Jeff is that he's had success at the highest level of college football. To put it simply, Jeff is a proven winner. Along with the way he's done it, uh, with an exciting brand of football and remains innovative and entertaining, and he's done it by making the right decisions with the best interests of his student athletes at the forefront. I know he needed to identify a tremendous. I know I knew we needed to identify a tremendous leader for our program who understood the history of Louisville football and who would be committed to the long term uh, for this school and this community. There's not another coach in America who checks those boxes like Jeff Brom. Ooh. I mean, props to Josh. Josh not only pulled this off, but he he did it with making a profit. He did. It's. Look, I mean, that's you, you, when, whenever I, I bash Vince, you're like, I'm like, give me something positive. He balanced the budget. Balanced the budget. That that's nothing. Jo- Josh Tony balanced. The, he could balance a budget. He pulled off and got us a better coach and made a profit off of he it. He did. Now his better coach has to win because if well, you do this again and the football program kind of sinks next year, then all of a sudden people are looking at your hires and saying, I, I think the easy thing to do if you're criticizing Josh Hurd is to say, the man, the man made the easy choice, right? He went the lazy route. He, he went with the fan choice, had the guy that he knew he could get, made it a quick search. I don't think, and I've said this a, many, a, a number of times, I don't think that happened with basketball. I think Josh absolutely targeted some, some high-profile guys, kicked the tires on them, had conversations. One of which may be now Villanova? No, no. You don't no, think no. that was one of the targets, the guy that went to Villanova? No, he said, he basically said, I can't hire him because he's, He's ten and eight, thirteen at Fordham. Oh. Um, he, he was like, I think that that guy's going to be a star coach, but I can't, I can't. Maybe that's where I'm confused. Yeah, he was giving the quote about timing. The timing has to be right too. I mean, I think he did reach out to Scott Drew. I think he talked to, you know, some other coaches who were more interested. And in, in, at the end of the day, like, do I think that he felt pressure to hire Kenny Payne? For sure. Like, I, I mean, you had. It's no secret that like the big boosters, and we know what the former players wanted. We know that the. Um, the, what, yeah. the former players were very vocal in who they wanted, and I think that there was a lot of pressure on Josh to hire Kenny Payne. He ultimately did so. If if there had been a very obvious, more attractive option that was going to go to Louisville for the same type of price that you get Kenny Payne, do I think Josh would have pulled the trigger and trusted his, his gut there? Yeah, I do. Um, but this, this go-round, I think he had to act quickly because of the, the transfer portal situation and because Sonny Day is coming up. 
he got Jeff for basically the same price that he was getting paid at Purdue. He pocketed $2.5 million with Satterfield leaving for Cincinnati. He did things, I mean, I mean, he, I think, did the best he could have done here. Now, none of that's going to matter if Jeff just tanks as a head coach, which I don't think is going to happen, but it's, you never know for sure. But as of right now, it certainly feels like a win for Josh Hurd at a time when he, he needed a win. I know this is random. The, 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 the camera's on this one guy who's wearing that shirt that says, that says Jeff and Greg and Oscar and Brian. You know, the, the Ann shirts. Yeah, the names. yeah. Where did that start? Um, like, I see those now a lot. and I, I think it was a band. Was that what? Okay, I never knew like where that came from. Yeah, but it's, it's like, yeah, it's been a thing for a while. It, it has been, and I, I see it all the time, and I see it with different names, I see it with teams, and I, I never knew like where that actually started from. I'm maybe somebody can find out. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I know. Think, I think it's a band thing. Okay. It just reminds me of so when um in college it was the game where I sat in the UK student section wearing a Gapatino shirt, which is in hindsight <laughs> is like, what a dumb kid thing to do. Really, I asked Tayshawn Prince to sign one of those. Nice. Yeah, I know. So that game, we go to that game in Lexington. We, you know, Louisville wins. We party. We stay the, the night. One of my buddies is wearing a uh, shirt that says Brom Squad on the front. And on the back, it says, like, danger of exploding passes or something terrible like that. And so we walk downstairs after staying at one of our buddies' houses. And one of our uh, female friends, she's sleeping on the pullout mattress with, with this guy who she, she ended up marrying. But we didn't know this guy that well. <laughs> shout, to, shout to Brad if you're listening. He, uh, he he's a Ballard guy, but he's like a big, thick country accent. He's a huge dude. We love him. But he's like, he, he we walk downstairs, and this guy's like half awake, half drunk, and looks at us and just goes, Brom Squad, where'd you get that shirt at? And like we use that every single time we saw. So when the news breaks yesterday, Brad texts me and just goes, Brom Squad, like all caps. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I love it. The Brom Squad's back. He couldn't be happier about it. Um, 502-414-1450. Again, we're awaiting... Just want to read some text until we get... I'm, yeah. I'm keeping an eye on the press conference if somebody walks up. The, so. I do love people watching it, these types of things, when they have the camera. But the, 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 the there are, as Nick Roush tweeted out, probably more people at this than we're at the last Louisville basketball game. There's <laughs> <laughs> a large crowd waiting for Josh Hurd, Lori Gonzalez, and Jeff Brom to address them. And uh, it's going to be... When that starts, we will... Offic- uh, the car is pulling up. We've got a Louisville Athletics official tweet of the, the car. This is just the, yeah, the it's not a Honda landing. Accord. It's not a Honda Accord, but they've got the picture of Jeff Brom pulling in front of the trigger I complex. See this now, yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> it's happening. It's happening. All the video. Brady's just driving. <laughs> uh, he is. He's walking in. We will hear from Jeff Brom momentarily. Oh, I love the strut. They got the slow motion video of him strutting in. Brom is back. That's how they end it. Oh, it's it's beautiful. Uh, he will officially now. We knew that the contract was going to be around six million dollars. It's actually six point five. Well, hold on. The contract will pay him five million dollars to start per year, and then it will increase to five point five million dollars over the first six years of his term. And then if he stays here through twenty twenty nine, then it will jump to six point five million. So we got him for even kind of less than we thought we were going to. That's nice. Again, Josh Hurd. Big man on campus right now. Yeah, I mean, even even the one thing Vince could supposedly do well, he got outdone by. He's getting outdone by Josh. <laughs> Just hate Vince. <laughs> I mean, when he leave to go to the private sector? But that was a private sector anyway. He's making money. It's like the, the the dark net of Google business. Like the private. It's like sounds like a club by the airport. Like I'm. What are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm get a little, a little kinky going by the private sector. So we're very close to having this. Jeff Brom's in the house now. We're very close to having this press conference get underway. And what it does again, we will uh, we'll go ahead and 
Man, it is packed in that room. I know. We'll go ahead and, and turn it over there. I mean, it's stand. I mean, there's there's no more seats. People are just. I mean, standing shoulder to shoulder. I'm looking at the so all in we'll on see the, one mask on <laughs> on the text line on the text line. It's all like brom 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 brom, and then right smack in the middle, there's a text that just says, "Is there a record this year that gets KP fired?" <laughs> I'm wondering if like the Boise State guy is going to chime in here. Oh point. no, he texted when you were gone. Oh, did, did. multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks. Sir. Really? Because uh, well, before I before I was out with sickness, I did have no Boise State fell a little short in their championship run. Now, see, I didn't even know that because I don't care about Boise State. Yeah, I saw they got beat uh, by somebody in the uh, WAC conference championship. Texas Patrick got hired. Forgot about Big X Radio. <laughs> I don't think that. Happened. No, that's not Patrick. Texas Patrick is the city of Louisville's Forest Gump. That's not true. <laughs> that's not... <laughs> Texas, there was definitely a guy in a gray shirt with blue lettering reading Wildcats at the volleyball game. What? I'm not surprised. I mean, of course there was. I'm n- I'm never surprised when there's a UK fan at a U of L game. Oh no, they love to go. So they love to go even when their own team's playing. Yeah, I know. Um, via Adam Rittenberg of ESPN, we now this was kind of expected. At least one of them was running backs coach Chris Barclay and wide receivers coach Garrick McGee, a name that we're all familiar with, are oh, yeah. going to join Jeff Brom at Louisville. I'm glad I never unfollowed, unfollowed Garrick, and he never unfollowed me. <laughs> nice. It would have been a little bit awkward. We've always we've always continued following each other. He's got some cute kids. Um, he comments on my kids. I comment on his kids. So I'm, I'm glad that he's coming back. That'll be fun. Now, you did, did you also notice that uh, is, is this to uh, I don't know who this is, Chris Chris Benini says that uh, the AD expects also Ron English to join him. That will be again. Louisville fans will have thoughts. Ron English was not. He was co defensive coordinator. And he was not overly successful here. Along with the other two names. He was not overly successful as a head coach after he left here. So, yeah, I mean, people will will be interested there. You know, sometimes just because you're not a good head coach, I mean, you're not a good coordinator, though. Sure, but he was not a good coordinator here. Come on, man. Trying to to put a little. little, There's a guy with this giant ponytail right now. I can't get over this. Um, (laughs) In this video. All three of those coaches, by the way, uh, English, McGee, and Barclay, Will reportedly not coach Purdue in the Citrus Bowl, but things are fluid. I don't know who. I mean, I've said this before. Like some people who were very close to Jeff were like, "We're worried that he's going to want to coach Louisville in the bowl game," which has happened before, but not typically when you only have a week to prepare with the team. So uh, Jeff, I think needs to. He probably knows this. It does, it's a no-win situation. Go recruit exactly. Yeah. Go, you, you need to go recruit, and that's why he's going to California tomorrow to to watch the St. John Bosco na- State Championship game and hopefully you know get Pierce Clarkson and company to to remain on board. Texture says 502-414-1450. If you are, um, Mike, any insight on Aiden Robbins coming home? If you already mentioned it, my apologies. We have not mentioned it. Aiden Robbins, the former manual running back who went to UNLV, rushed for over 1,000 yards this past season, announced yesterday that he is entering the transfer portal. I think it's possible that he comes back. I do. Um, I I would would not be shocked at all. It's going to come down to Jeff. You've got Jawar Jordan. You've got Maurice Turner. You feel good about both those guys. The, The Purdue running back is apparently staying home. You need depth at that spot. I mean, hell, we found that out firsthand. Maurice Turner wasn't supposed to play at all this year. He had to play because all four of the other guys were injured at various times this season. So we'd welcome Aiden Robbins back with open arms, for sure. Everybody likes to always point out that the no-thousand-yard backs that Purdue thing during his tenure, but they don't mention the fact that he had several good running backs and thousand-yard backs at Western. Yeah, Ace Wales. Ace Wales was that. And, and, before, and the Purdue kid's about to rush for 1,000 yards potentially this year. And the year, and you can say maybe they had a little bit too with Petrino, but Anthony Andrews, I think was his name, the running back. Allen. Allen, uh, yeah. They ended up going to the Titans. It was pretty damn good. Yeah. I mean, he was he was a workhorse. 
I mean, Alan was great. And I mean, this whole guy just up there was showing this big L's up. I'm crowd watching this. I'm trying to do the show, but I'm just crowd watching. I love Louisville fans. And it's just so fun. It's great. <laughs> um, this dude just stands up randomly and just gives two big L's. It's an older guy. And then he sits back down. <laughs> uh, Josh Hurd um, has tweeted out, oh my gosh, this is, this is, this is potentially the biggest moment in the history of the Bring Brom Home account. Josh Hurd tweets, you've convinced me at Bring Brom Home. <laughs> I love it. Persistence pays off. <laughs> Hashtag go cards. I'm putting, I'm raising the odds on that getting him getting mentioned now in the press conference, maybe. Incredible. That is great. For good for you. You know what, Bring Brom Home guy? You got hated on. Got, I hated on him. Yeah, plenty. I was with you by all the way, buddy. I mean, but good for you, man. This just shows persistence, sticking with your guns. It all came to true. Sometimes, I'd prefer it if he didn't tweet at recruits. But what are you gonna do? Well, that the, yeah, I'm not gonna. Yeah, I don't don't do that. Don't tweet at recruits. I, yeah, I never, 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 never tweet at anybody who's old enough to be your kid. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, sure. I guess I don't know. He might be young too, for all I know. We don't know. Yeah. Texture says, didn't Garrett McGee have a big hand on getting Lamar Jackson here? He was really? part of it, but it was more Lamar Thomas than, than anybody else. Texture says, is there any place in the world that uh, UK fans aren't? We could be playing a tournament in Alaska, and they'd be there. I've told the story, like, legitimately right in front of us in line to get into the Vatican. Like, between the same distance between me and Trevor, <laughs> the entire time, it's a long wait to get into the Vatican. There's a UK 2K shirt, which, by the way, they, they tell you to dress up. And so, like, I'm wearing, like, a button up in, in pants. Mary's wearing a dress. And we're sitting there in front of a UK 2K Jagoff, just like standing right in front of us. Can I say Jagoff? I just did. Uh, and he's, I'm staring the at- The same discussion when we ran the cow press, the cow clip back in 2009. Yeah, well, I just said it. <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, the text line's blowing up about Josh Hurd acknowledging the brain. Oh, I just, I just, I just had to, I had to retweet it. I, I can't believe it that. happened. This is, it's all a surreal day. We got Dockage fired. The Dalai Lama's a cards fan. I think it all goes back. I think, you know, Greg Fisher- Say what you will about his tenure here. Not a popular mayor at the moment. He may have saved the entire city with his Dalai Lama good karma. <laughs> By the way, John Ramsey has texted me back. He He's confirming he's not the Bring Brom Home guy. <laughs> he says no. He's trying to come off that way. Ugh. I mean, now he's got to keep his, his identity secret too, right? Yeah, the thing is, like, and we were talking about this, I think, yesterday. Or, when, when it does get announced... Everybody, it's kind of like when you talk about reincarnation, the Bull Durham conversation. Everybody thinks like you're going to go back. You were somebody <laughs> famous. Joe the plumber, yeah. And the reality is like this guy's going to unveil himself, and he's probably like, ah, it's me, Jeremy, at 24-7 on Twitter. <laughs> and people are like, okay. like no, like, you know, Nobody knows who this person is, so it's not going to be a huge reveal. Yeah, at least uh, he took the he went all in on like creating a whole account. Like I, I laughed yesterday about the the guy who's doing the Bring Patino home thing. It's you can tell it's his old it's his original account. He just changed the name. Yeah, the Bring Patino. He hasn't even, he hasn't even got, changed. Still got his, his like army picture in the back. It's, it's the background picture. Because I had that guy. My apologies if you're listening. I had that guy <laughs> muted already before he changed the Bring Because <laughs> I, I saw and I was like I was like oh the Bring Brom Home guy just changed the Bring Patino Home and I was like oh no they're two different guys. I just already had this guy I muted mean, for something else. Dude, come on, just don't half-ass it, man. Just, Come on, seriously. You got to go all in. Yeah. You're, you're, just, ne you're never going to bring Patino home with that attitude. Take yeah. it from the Bring Brom Home guy. You mean, you're just not even, not even bothering creating a whole account. It's like 30 seconds. <laughs> Sexer says, plot twist, what if it was Josh Hurd all along? <laughs> it was me. <laughs> it's me, Austin. One of the worst reveals. You know that that was only because the, like, the, the little WWE uh, behind the curtain. That was supposed to be a guy named Christopher Daniels. 
and he got injured. I don't even know what the what, what was going on. It was happened. it was the I whole the, gif. the whole source was like it was a behind, somebody was a higher power telling Undertaker what to do, and he kidnapped Stephanie McMahon and put her you know and put Austin on a cross and was doing all these evil things, and supposedly it was a higher power and. The, the original plot line was Christopher Daniels, this longtime wrestler known as the Fallen Angel, was supposed to be the higher power, and he got injured, and there was an issue with contracts, so Vincent Man at the last minute was just like, it'll be me. I can't get over that. Has there ever been a bigger, just ascent a to prominence than the Bring Brom home game? I mean, he was in, the, he got voted in the least cool, least cool person tournament Not, in Star Chronicle last I was, year. I was, I was against that from day one. When people, you, but people hated this guy. Well, like, you know, people, he was annoying. He wouldn't stop, and people were upset. Like He kept doing it even when Brom wasn't winning and the Louisville football team was winning. And and now everybody's like, yeah, Bring Brom home guy. Like, like he's he wins. There's a reason why one of the more popular words in this generation is fickle. I'm trying to think of like another roller coaster ride that has that has ended like this in history, and I can't remember like who who is just like a total. Hopefully, par- Kenny Payne will be one. Well, yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> but who was like totally just a pariah, and then at the end of the day, everyone's like, you know what? That guy's great. He's awesome. <laughs> you <him>. win. <laughs> it's a wild thing. You got Josh Hurd tweeting about him, and the fact he didn't like just give up. Because he could have easily been like, everybody hates me. It's not going to happen. We're not going. It's not going to happen. Because I honestly, be honest, well, he did I mean, take a break for a while. Hey, like, because didn't he get blocked from Twitter or something? No, though? I think for like three months after we re-signed Satterfield and, and Brom was gone, and then he came back with a vengeance after we lost to Syracuse. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's when we started talking about it again. <laughs> yeah, Texas. What if it was Oscar? <laughs> I don't know if the Big O has that much tech savvy, but it would be funny. I mean. They're doing cards chance at the presser, by is the way. Is it Patrick? I Pat, Patrick's the only person who I've legitimately thought it might be. Let's see if we can hear that. Hold on. Okay, I, don't, I thought we could maybe hear the card chance. No, they, they've, they've been doing it. It may not be happening right now. But this is, yeah. C-A-R-D-S chance. Jeff about to come out. It's all happening. I tell you what. Let's go ahead and take our break here. Try to sneak it in. I, yeah, I don't want to miss the start of the press conference. So let's go ahead and take a break. When if, we come back. If the press conference starts, we will we'll cut, cut away from the commercial yeah. break. Yeah. You'll hear from Jeff Brom. Keep it locked right here on 1450 The Big X. This here's a jam for all the fellas. Try to do what those ladies tell us. Get shot down because you're overzealous. Play hard to get females get jealous. Okay, smarty, go to a party. Girls are scantily clad and showing body. A chick walks by, you wish she could sex her, but you're standing on the wall like you was Poindexter. Next day's function, high class Five o'clock function. hour here of the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. Coming to you from the University of Louisville College of Business Studios. Want to get your MBA? Want to... Feel like you're being paid to do so in the process? Find out how by going to business.louisville.edu for all your information on the U of L College of Business. We've got the Jeff Brown press conference still. I gotta get this going because I I gotta go up to Southern Indiana and do a high school game at seven. Think about Trevor, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. come on, dude. Part of the reason you're here is because of me. I was, I mean, I'm right there with. I mean, I, I, like that picture, the uh, great poster of the old '91 Royal Rumble with all the guys and like the. Like that's me and you know bring Brom home guy in the front. You like, made it happen. I'm the Hogan guy. Brom bring Brom home guys. The any savage dude. You made it happen. Yeah. Um, according to Adam Rittenberg again, Brian Brom will stay at Purdue as the interim head coach for the bowl game. Uh, Ron English is joining Jeff Brom's staff at Louisville, which means Mark Hagan 
We'll call the defense for the Boilermakers. Uh, Garrick McGee, another former name here at UofL, is also coming with Jeff Brom to Louisville. And also Chris Barclay. He played at Louisville Mill High School, went to Wake Forest, has been in the coaching business now for a while. He's going to come here. He'll be the running backs coach at UofL. So starting to, the staff starting to take some shape. And all this is happening before Jeff Brom is, is officially announced as the new UofL head coach. I, I guess the release is out, but we have not had him actually talk at the podium as the UofL head coach for the first time. It is a celebratory day. The crowd out there at the uh, Angels Envy Club is unreal, just based on the pictures, hearing the cards chants. Jeff Brom, via a picture here from the Louisville Cardinal, has arrived. He's in the house, which means we should be set to get this thing underway in just a, a couple of minutes. Rocco Gasparo. Arm in arm there with him. Rocco's got to be feeling good. Rock, Rocco's got to be happy to have Jeff back. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not as not as relieved as he was when Bobby left for the second time, but still probably a good day for Rocco. Although Satterfield probably was pretty easy to work with. Thanks. I don't know. Probably no. He could have been a total pain in the rear. Probably not. Especially after Bobby, where you just saw like the look, like Rocco, the life was just drained out of his face every time I saw him during those years. <laughs> uh, but Jeff Jeff Brom was in the house for the U of L volleyball match earlier today, which the cards prevailed three set sweep, their third straight sweep in the NCAA tournament. They take out Baylor. They move on to, to uh, Saturday's regional final against third seeded Oregon. Here we go. All right. We take you now to the U of L press conference for Jeff. Brown. This is pretty impressive. You guys give yourself a big old hand. Obviously, welcome to a great, exciting day in University of Louisville football. It's a great day for the city. It's a great, great day for the university. Uh, we will open up uh, with remarks from uh, interim president, Dr. Lori Gonzalez. Dr. Gonzalez will introduce, introduce Director of Athletics, uh, Josh Hurd. <clears throat> After uh, Josh's remarks, uh, Josh will introduce our new football coach, Jeff Brom, who will stay up here and uh, inter <laughs> will have some opening remarks, and he'll stay up here to answer some questions. And then we'll open up questions for Josh, Dr. Gonzalez, and our new uh, incoming president, uh, Dr. Kim Schatzel, who is here to support the new hire of Jeff Brom. So, Let's give her a big hand as well. So with that said, I'll bring up Dr. Gonzalez. Good afternoon, Card Nation. Thank you for your patience. We get to celebrate another historic moment in the history of the University of Louisville. Before I begin my remarks, I want to share greetings from our governor, Andy Bashir. He sends his best wishes and he states, today is a great day for the University of Louisville as Jeff Brom is coming home to the Commonwealth. <laughs> the 
Brittany and I want to personally welcome his family, and we know he will not only be a great coach, but also a great member of our Louisville and Kentucky community. So that's from the governor. So I want to thank all the fans for being here, all the people that believe in uh, University of Louisville Athletics. I want to thank the members of our media here today for your continuing interest in the Cardinal Athletics. So we're grateful to see donors and supporters and around the room, you are the foundation for the success of our student athletes. We're so proud of these athletes. They proudly wear the Cardinal red and black and they exemplify what true student athletes represent. As you know, athletics is a critical component for our campus life and it also helps us live our mission to make a difference. The Cardinal legacy continues to shape our ability to create new generations of University of Louisville graduates and fans. Athletics matters at the University of Louisville and football matters here too. So just five days ago, Josh Hurd called to tell me that our former football coach was interviewing at another institution. And Josh and I discussed his plan for what comes next. So very quickly, he put things into motion and to no one's surprise, he executed this plan to perfection. We agreed on the approach. And now we have the ideal candidate. We stand before you today introducing our new head coach, another native son and cardinal. So I'm gonna leave it to Josh to share with you the accolades and career achievements of our coach. But let me just say this, he's not just the coach because he's one of us, that he comes from here. He's our new coach because he's exactly who we need at this moment in Louisville. He shares. He shares our values and our vision of, of Louisville football. He's a proven winner and a developer of talent and character. He is a true Cardinal. And the fact that he didn't need directions to get here, that was a big plus, right? That was a big plus. So I wanna close by thanking Josh and his team for their stellar work, for the Board of Trustees, for the University of Louisville Athletic Association for their continued support, as well as President-elect Schatzel, who just by serendipity happened to be here this week when this big thing happened. So we're so glad. And now to formally introduce our new head football coach, please welcome our amazing director of athletics, Josh Hurd. Thank you, thank you. Uh, that, uh, that right there means more than you know. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'm humbled to say the least. Uh, I, I'm going to be brief here. Uh, as you can imagine, I haven't had a lot of time to uh, work on these remarks here. Uh, somehow managed to forget my dress socks today. Uh, so we're, uh, we're going to get up here, say a couple words, and then introduce our new football coach. So. Uh, let me just start by saying decisions like, like this start at the very top. So Dr. Gonzalez, Dr. Schatzel, thank you. 
Only at the University of Louisville can the athletic director send text messages that, me messages that say, I've talked to both of my presidents. <laughs> Board of Trustee members and athletic association members, thank you. This decision says we're committed to competing at the highest level and our university leadership will invest to ensure our students are surrounded by the very best. As I've had conversations with board members, it's clear there's a commitment to making sure this university thrives academically and athletically. These are not mutually exclusive. We plan to be great in both, and together this is the best way to elevate this entire university. A few more brief thank yous before I say a few things about Jeff and his family. My staff, bear with me here. Marvin, Amy, Jeff, Lottie, Michael, Zach, Rocco, Laura, Kelly, Alan, Marissa, Ronnie, Justin. I could go on and on here. Once again, this team effort to pull this off in such a timely manner is incredible. I, I, I truly believe I have one of the best staffs, if not the best staff in college athletics. If one person didn't step up, this didn't get done like it did. So thank you to the entire staff. Our previous football staff, Scott Satterfield, he assembled a staff that left this program better than when, when they arrived, so thank you for all that they did. Our current football staff, a couple of them up here, Dion, he's a practice. Josh Thompson, Robin, Denise, Vicki, our strength staff, our trainers, equipment staff, our recruiting staff, and everyone else who came to work Monday morning knowing that their focus was on our student athletes. Through this process, Sean Freibert, Glenn Sugiyama, and countless others that worked tirelessly to provide insight and guidance in order to get this across the finish line. Lastly, our current and our soon-to-be football players, I ask them to be patient with this decision, and they have been. With that, let's turn our attention to our newest head football coach. I've been, I've been the AD, or I've been in the AD role now for 366 days. Jeff, you've made my life harder for 365 of those. <laughs> All kidding aside, this is, this is an exciting day for the University of Louisville in our city. Today we welcome home Coach Jeff Brom to lead our football program. That's not the end. I'm going to keep going here. I'm going to keep going here. <laughs> the Brahms, yes, all of them, are synonymous with Louisville, and we're fortunate to be joined by several members of, of his family here today. Jennifer, Brady, Brooke, I don't have to tell you this, but the University of Louisville is your home too, and we're thrilled to welcome you back to Louisville. And Brooke, you made this happen with that birthday wish, so I owe you one. <laughs> the 
Beyond his ties to Louisville, what excites me most about Jeff is that he's had success at the highest level of college football. We're less than a week removed from him leading this team in the Big Ten Championship, in the Big Ten Championship game, and his teams have answered the call numerous times on the biggest stage against top opponents. This decision had nothing to do with bringing back a hometown hero. Simply put, Jeff gives this program the best chance to succeed. Jeff is a proven winner. Bowl victories, conference championships, and top 25 rankings have all been a part of Jeff's success at Purdue and Western Kentucky. Along the way, he's done it with an exciting brand of football that remains innovative and entertaining, and he's done it by making the right decisions with the best interest of his student athletes at the forefront. I said earlier this week that we would work quickly and tirelessly to identify a tremendous leader for our program who understood the history of Louisville football and who would be committed long-term to this school and this community. There's not another coach in America who fulfills those requirements like Jeff Brom. It's my pleasure to officially, officially introduce to you the next head football coach at the University of Louisville, Jeff Brom. Thank, thank you very much. Uh, it's without question a humbling experience to, to be up here in front of you guys. It's a tremendous turnout, um, and uh, it always means a lot when you see a lot of familiar faces, which I do here today. Um, so it's really gratifying and really humbling to be up here in front of you. And I take this uh, job very seriously, and I look forward uh, to years to come. But it is um, great to be back here, so thank you for coming. Thank you. I also want to thank uh, you know, a few people here with me. Of course, my wife, um, Jennifer, and, and my daughter, Brooke, and Brady. They're excited to be here. My immediate family, my mother and father, Oscar and Donna, and my brother, Greg, and my sister, Kim, is here, my father-in-law, Phil. Uh, and there are a few other people. You know, my high school coach probably was, is my best mentor uh, that I've had throughout my entire career. He's in our front row right here, Dennis Lampley and his family. I got the opportunity to play in the NFL for around seven plus years and be around a lot of great coaches and players. And uh, in my opinion, Dennis Lampley is the best. So I learned a great deal from him. Um, I want to thank my good friend, Sean, and his wife too. Uh, they always are great friends to me and I appreciate all their help. I do want to thank University of Louisville. Um, this is a, a great opportunity for myself and uh, you don't know how much I'm looking forward to getting to work. I want to thank uh, Josh uh, for all his work. I can tell he's a great person, which means a lot to me. And uh, he does a tremendous job. I want to thank the presidents, both of them. I know I'll get a chance to, to know them. And uh, I look forward to working uh, as, as hard as I can for each one of you. Uh, and I want to just want to thank the uh, Louisville administration. There's a lot of familiar faces I've seen just today. Uh, it's great to see them again. Um, and see people that really take pride in, you know, loving working here and, and, and helping this university achieve its goals and have a lot of, having a lot of fun doing it. So it's great to see those people. Before I begin, though, I do want to thank, um, you know, my former employee, uh, Purdue University, 
our athletic director, Mike Babinski, President Mitch Daniels, our board of trustees, uh, Mike Berghoff, our fans that were there, and our players for a wonderful six years. I'm very proud of what it, we all accomplished together. Purdue will always be my home away from home, but this is home. This is not a job to me. This has been a way of life for my family since I was born. While in my career, I have coached at many different places, some near, some far, but I never really left Louisville. My heart was always here. I'm overwhelmed by the welcome back that Louisville fans have given me. And we consider this more than just friends and family and just fans, uh, but just great people that have given back to all of us. From my days watching games at the fairgrounds to playing at, uh, for my mentor, Howard Snellenberger, to serving as an assistant coach, I believe I understand the decade-long mission that this community has had been built upon and maintained a championship program. I know where this program began, the passion that it has driven it, and what has it, 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 it overcome and accomplished and where it wants to go. This is the fans' team with something to prove. And while the homecoming is special, I know that football is what is most important to you and to all of us. And that will be my top priority for, for myself and our staff and our players. We want to be a team of substance with a system and a plan. We will go for the win and we will not wait for things to happen. Our style will be aggressive and occasionally risk-taking because that is how I learned the game here. We will coach our players to play tougher, harder, and smarter than our opponents, while developing them to be the very best they can be, maximizing their potential on the field, in the classroom, in the community, and as young men of character. We want you to be a part of that journey as well, because you believed in this program way back when very few others did. And I truly believe that together, we can take this program to that next level. I cannot really express uh, what this opportunity means to me and my family but I feel your support and it will drive us to coach and lead this program for you and get us to fulfill its promise. And I truly am thankful for this opportunity. I think people that know me um, know I like to win. I like to compete. It means something to me. I'm gonna bend over backwards to find a way to get it done. I'm gonna rally the people around me to do the same thing. And in my opinion, in order to win at a high level, everyone has to do their part. The head coach has to put in the work. He's got to really put in the work. He's got to take the blame when things aren't going well. Our assistant coach has got to put in the work. They got to know how important it is to these young men to be put in the best position to succeed and do great things. And then our players got to put in the work. But I think all three elements have to happen. And you can't just have one, you can't just have two. You have to have all three. As my family knows, I enjoy being with my family. I enjoy being around a lot of people, but I don't have a lot of other hobbies. <laughs> I like football. <laughs> and I also like to win. You know, as, as I've been gone for a while, um, of course, I watch. I'm a big fan. I'm a sports fan. I enjoy watching all sports. Uh, you know, my daughter's a volleyball player. My, my son, Brady, loves all sports. Uh, but, and I've watched this, this uh, community and this sports team. And I think uh, 
We've got a great setup here with tremendous facilities. We've got a lot of fans that are eager to see a team that wants to work hard, that wants to put in the work, that wants to compete, that wants to try to play at a high level. Um, we've got uh, a great backing from the administration and for all the people uh, that want to see this program succeed. Uh, and that's what makes it worthwhile. Um, you know, once again, there's just there's so many familiar faces here that it's, it does make it that much more special. Uh, and my wife has been teasing me ever since just I got here, which is just today, that she's not going to see me very much. Um, but I promise you, she'll see me. But I am going to get to work, and uh, I am going to make sure that uh, we do our part. I want our players to, to want to work hard and succeed and achieve their goals, but I want them to have fun as well. And I do think you can work hard and have fun at the same time. And uh, if, you're, if you're doing that, good things are going to happen. So I guess I'll finish with uh, you know, just one thing that I normally like to say, and, and that is, let's play football. Some members of the media, just please raise your hand. Somebody will bring you a mic and you can ask your question. And remember, just members of the media, please. In uh, 2018, you said it took a long time to get to a decision. You said it was an emotional decision. Why is this the right time now? for you here, and it wasn't then, and can you kind of speak to how fast this did happen this week? And I think you woke up Monday not really knowing anything was gonna happen. Gotcha. Well, I think uh, I'm very thankful for all the opportunities I've been given along the way. Uh, had a great uh, experience down in Western Kentucky as the head coach, really enjoyed my time there. Um, was able to, go ahead. I was able to move on to, to Purdue, uh, and really met a lot of great people, really, hardworking blue-collar people that gave me an opportunity to be a head coach um, in the Big Ten and try to resurrect a program. And uh, I was fortunate to play for Howard Schnellenberger, coach with him, and I know that's what his specialty was. So that's why I took on that challenge. And uh, even when I took the Purdue job, 90% of my colleagues said, no, don't, don't take that job. But, you know, that intrigued me even more. So as I took that on, I said, you know what, no, I'm going to try to help this program, you know, get over the hump and achieve its goals. So... We were able our first year to find a way to go to a bowl game and win it. And then, of course, that's when the Louisville job came about. Um, and as, as a lot of people know, you develop relationships uh, with your team, with the people you work for, with your recruits. Uh, and those things matter. And uh, after one year, you know, um, when the opportunity came about, I'm sure my family wanted me to come home, uh, and rightfully so. Uh, but it just wasn't right. And it wasn't even easy to tell my family that, but it, was, it wasn't right. I didn't feel good about it. Uh, and I wanted to make sure that I continued along the journey and, and kept my word uh, to these young men and the people that had, had hired me. So continue to do that. I feel like uh, along the way, other opportunities that came about and I've, I've tried to do the right thing by all people. And then of course, you know, six years later, I feel like we've made progress at Purdue. Um, you know, we had a really good season last year. We had a good season this past year. We found a way to get to the Big Ten Championship game. Uh, and you don't know how much that meant to our players. It just meant a great deal. And you know how much it meant to our fans. And, uh, and we all did it together. But, man, it was a rewarding experience. Uh, 
And I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I was extremely happy where I was at, very happy. Um, and then basically how it came down, just to be quite honest, I, we, had to, we played our Big Ten Championship game on Saturday, right away had to get up and recruit all day Sunday. I was able to get back late Sunday night, I uh, was gonna get ready to go out Monday, took my son to school, dropped him off uh, at school, driving back to, to get ready to get out of town. And my son texts me, hey dad, have you seen Twitter? And, I, and, I, and, I, and of course, I'm not very good at my phone. I said, no, I have not. He goes, you might want to look at Twitter. Uh, so I did, and, uh, you know, that's, that's how I found out. And, of course, unbeknownst to you guys, I had a press conference scheduled at 10 for our Citrus Bowl game. So right away, I'm like, oh, here we go. Um, so really, that's how it came about. Yes, it happened fast. Um, I've always been straightforward with our athletic director, uh, you know, we talked right away. Uh, you know, I told him, you know, I was going to listen, um, and, and he understood, and uh, and he knew that this this might be uh, the, the time. I think, uh, and of course, he didn't want that, and uh, he more than tried to to talk me out of it very nicely, but very kindly. I mean, he he was respectful of the situation, um, and then things happened fast, and then uh, you know, this is this this is the time. Um, it's a great opportunity. I've always wanted to coach here. Uh, I've loved playing here. I love living here. And I do feel like that uh, we've accomplished a lot of goals at Purdue. I can look at myself in the mirror and know that I gave it everything I, I could. Uh, we made progress. We achieved uh, a lot of great things together. And now it's time to take on a new challenge. Yeah. Jeff, Dominique Gates, WLKY in Louisville. You mentioned your family. Now that you are the head coach here, and you just said the time feels right, can you put into words what that moment will be like, you the head coach, and you'll have your family there on the sidelines just uh, supporting you, and you'll have that, I guess, that full circle moment? Well, it, it's always special. You know, we have a, we have a big family, and uh, there's a lot of people that uh, want to be a part of it and want to experience uh, all the fun that we have doing this. Um, you know, you always want to please everybody. You definitely want to please your family. Uh, like I said before, you know, you, you guys are our family as well. Uh, the Cardinal fans are our family. So we want to try to please those people. And we want everybody to be a part of it. And I think that's what uh, we've always experienced here, living here, is everywhere we go, we, we feel like, whether we're related or not, everyone's family. And uh, we want to treat people that way. And that's kind of what I believe in. Um, I see the good in, in, in all people. Uh, and... Uh, I think that uh, you know together we can have fun and go try to achieve some goals and, and win some football games and, and try to win a championship. Uh, Jeff, this is sort of the continuation of Howard Schnellenberger's vision and dream for the program. What did he mean to you? And if he were here today, what do you think he would say? Well, I was lucky to play for such a ter terrific coach. Coach Lampley right here in high school. Then I got the opportunity to play for Coach Snellberger in college. And uh, those two guys molded me into what I became today, not only as a player, but as a person. Uh, you know, there are a lot of great qualities about Coach Snellberger. You know, once again, he loved the game of football. He loved to compete. He loved to win. He wasn't scared to tell people what was getting ready to happen. I'm a little more hesitant to just outwardly tell it. I'll do it behind closed doors, but he was not. But you know what? He, 
had the ability to get his players to believe that they could achieve anything because he was not scared to tell people what was getting ready to happen and he was willing to work for it. Uh, so I had the opportunity to play for him, had the opportunity to coach with him and he was a little bit more mellow then. Uh, him and Beverly were great people, they've treated me great. They've continued to stay in contact with me all through my coaching. Uh, obviously Beverly still does now. I know she was just in town yesterday. We weren't able to get her here today. Uh, but they were just great people that took a lot of pride in this job. Um, when I talked to coach after year one about this job, he said, come home and take it. That's how much he loves this place uh, and how much Beverly loves this place. So I just think they're genuine people that, uh, you know, I appreciate everything I learned from them. Uh, we want to try to carry on that tradition. Uh, he was the one that, you know, made this go in the first place uh, and was willing to step up to the plate uh, and come back to Louisville and try to resurrect the program. So we're thankful for him and his wife and his entire family. Jeff, <clears throat> excuse me, Ken Spencer, WHAS 11. Jeff, when the last time it came around and you had to say no, you mentioned it wasn't the right time. Did you worry that it wouldn't come back around? Well, that's always, uh, that always can happen. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like, um, you know, a lot of decisions you make. If, 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 it's, if it's tough and, and you, you, if it's 51% one way and 49% the other and you choose the other one, you're, you're scared that maybe uh, did I make the right decision. Um, I really felt, I mean, it was, it was something I wrestled with, but really felt that I just couldn't look in the mirror and, uh, and, and say I was doing the right thing uh, by all. Uh, but, yeah, I, I knew it couldn't come about. And, uh, you know, my family loves Louisville, just like uh, Josh said. My, my daughter loves Louisville. Um, <clears throat> this past year, not this season, but before, my, my wife uh, and daughter moved back to, to our house in Louisville because her mother uh, was sick. She ended up passing, but really took care of her at our house for six months. My daughter went to school here in town um, while I was coaching football. Um, and then they rejoined us in the spring and um, she liked it here. <laughs> she, she liked it here a lot. And I, and I was told that. Uh, and whenever I was with my wife, I said, you need to calm that talk down with your daughter you know, we got to make the most of where we're at, have fun doing it. It's a great place. We can't worry about all that. But she sure was right. It, it, came, it came about again. Uh, so I, I'm lucky and I'm fortunate. And uh, without question, I'm going to try to make the most of it. Jeff, Andrew Chernoff with WLKY Sports. How did you grow as a coach during your tenure at Purdue, maybe compared to Western Kentucky? That's going to help in this job. And also, what's the first thing that you're going to tell the current Louisville football players when you talk to them? Well, that's a good question. Um, you know, I've been a head coach now, I guess, uh, nine seasons. Uh, and I, I have learned a great deal. Uh, at Western Kentucky, you know, playing at that level, you're able to throw the ball around and put up big numbers and have some fun doing it. And um, when you get to the Big Ten, it's a defensive physical league. And while we were able to do that, you know, I learned quickly that you better have some really good defense and you be able, better be able to run the ball occasionally if you need to. Um, so, yeah. So over the years, to be honest with you, I think I've grown as a head coach because, um, you know, we have found a way to be better on defense. We have found a way to score a few more multiple ways. And I do understand the importance of 
of making sure you you check all the boxes. And uh, also along the way, I've learned that you know when you hire people and you hire staff, you have to hire great people first. And that's one thing I'll, I'll never make the mistake again. I, you have to hire great people first that want to do things the right way for the right reasons and help these young men achieve their goals. And then if they know football, that's great. But we can work together uh, and stick together to get this done if you're willing to, you know, suck it up when things aren't going well, get up when you get punched in the gut, uh, and not, you know, wallow in, in misery for a day or two. And I just think uh, the team reacts to how the coaches respond. And if you're willing to, to fight through things and, 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 and find out different ways to, to find a way to win, uh, your players will respond and know that you're trying to, to, to coach uh, as hard as you can in order to get things done. And I do think we have been able to pull off some big upsets that we shouldn't have. And I think it's, 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 it's from the ability to get your players to believe that they're better than they are and the ability to take risks and be aggressive. And yeah, and sometimes you're going you're gonna to swing and miss, but you have to be aggressive in your approach. Uh, and when it comes to you know, our football team, you know what, every team has, has great players. They have great people. It's up to the coach to get the most out of them. I'm definitely going to you know, uh, let them know that I, I'm here for them. Uh, we're going to work hard. We're going to have fun. We're going to uh, you know, try to achieve our goals of being the very best we can be, and I'm going to try to help, help them do that. And other than that, I want them to you know, finish off the season strong, enjoy their bowl game, and, and come back with a win. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Hey, Jeff. Michael McCann, a Cardinal Authority. Welcome to town, or welcome back to town. You. Um, you mentioned getting straight to work. You've obviously got early signing days right around the corner. Uh, the program has a number of highly rated kids already committed. What's your, I guess, your plan of action to, to talk with them and to get the, the program to a point where when you're happy on National Signing Day? Well, that, that process has already started. And, uh, yes, it's going to be an exhausting uh, process here for the for the remainder of the time until signing day because I do have to make sure to get in communication with uh, all of our recruits, one's committed and one's not. That process, believe me, has started. I've talked to numerous people. Um, you know, every young kid is going to be a little bit, uh, have questions about change, and you just have to make sure that you explain to them what you're about, what you think you can get done for them, how you can help them achieve their goals, and how great of a place this can be. I do think I have experience at knowing that. Um, and you know what? You're going to miss on some and you're going to hit on some. Uh, but we want to try to piece this thing together as well as we can, uh, get our coaches and myself to actively uh, be as aggressive as we can and, and make sure that uh, you know, we're, we're turning over every stone. But I, I do know it's just, it's just a matter of hard work. It's a matter of just uh, building those relationships as fast as we can and, uh, and, and making sure that uh, you know, we don't miss a beat. Hey, Jeff, right over here. Uh, Tyler Reaver with WHS 11. Uh, you mentioned that even though you were elsewhere, that your heart was always here. For those who couldn't understand, unless they did grow up here and were from here, what is it about this city, this program to you that does keep pulling you back, those characteristics of traits that only you can know if you did grow up here? Well, luckily I've been fortunate to achieve a few things along the way, and it's really a product of the environment uh, that I was in and the people I was around. So when that happens, you're thankful for the things that got you there. And uh, this is where I live my life, and these are the people I've been around. Yes, I've been able to, to play on some NFL teams and coach at some different spots, uh, but really, this is where my roots are. And, uh, you know, when you have a roots of a lot of family members and even extended family of people that you've met along the way, um, 
you know, you rely on them, uh, you want to please them, uh, and you want to do right by them. So I just think that, uh, you know, wherever you're at, you remember those special people. And uh, if you ever get the opportunity to come back and uh, get with them again and, and try to do something uh, special in the game of football, that's going to make it even more fun. So I, I, that's why it's, you know, it, it just means a, a great deal. And that's why, you know, as, as a head coach and um, somebody who understands that, uh, you know, I'm going to do my part. Jeff, you uh, uh, did play Syracuse this year. Uh, you know a little bit about the ACC. I know, obviously, you the Big Ten. But what do you know about the ACC? Right now, it seems like Florida State and Clemson have carried the torch. Uh, obviously, you would like Louisville to be up there. Can you kind of explain how you will go about doing that and make an attempt to overtake particularly those two teams and anybody else? Well, that's a good question. I'm not an expert on the ACC, quite honestly, right at this point. Uh, you know, I've watched a, a few games uh, just as a fan and uh, through watching film study of teams we play. I think uh, across college football, there's a lot of really good football teams. The margin for uh, winning and losing is very small. Uh, every year is different. Uh, you have a new team. You have to figure things out. You have to prepare and get ready to go. I just think putting the best product on the field that can play explosive brand of football and offense uh, you know, make as many plays as we can, get the ball to our playmakers on defense, be as aggressive as we can, uh, eliminate big plays, but try to get after the quarterback and, and apply pressure to him and then be solid on special teams. If you try to piece it all together and you work hard, you can find a way to win. And uh, every year things are different. Without question, a few teams stepped up this year in the ACC. But, you know, next year there needs to be some more teams step up uh, and, and, uh, and prove how good they can be. So I'm not – ready to fully you know, dissect exactly where we're at with all that. But uh, we look forward to all the new opponents uh, that I'll be playing, and uh, we'll study it very hard. Jeff, you mentioned earlier how difficult it was four years ago telling your family that you weren't coming back at that point. Can you tell us a little bit about what the discussions with your parents were this time after you found out this might be a possibility? <laughs> <laughs> well. I probably didn't answer their call the last couple of days. I knew what their response was going to be. Um, and, uh, and you know what, our, my response and our response was the same. Uh, I just think that, uh, you know, they care a great deal about this community and the people, and I understand that, and, and rightfully so. Uh, and you know what, in the end, they understood my decision. And, uh, but you know what, they've always been Cardinal fans. Uh, they come to a lot of games, uh, of, of a lot of sports, um, and now they get a chance to you know, have their son come back and, and, and try to do what he loves and, and help this football team win. So I just think, uh, you know, as I've stated before, um, you know, we care a great deal about this community and this program, and, uh, you know, it'll be a full family affair. You know, there's, there's a lot of family members that have coached with me, as you guys know. I've got uh, my brother Greg, uh, who was our chief of staff and director of ops at, at Purdue with me, my brother Brian, who was our offense coordinator, quarterback coach, uh, obviously my father. I have a lot of extended uh, uncles uh, and, and people around me, and, and I get opinions all the time. <laughs> and it's almost always on the things I'm doing wrong. So I can take and construct this criticism very well. Uh, I listen to it all the time. Uh, my son and wife are pretty good at giving it to me as well. And my daughter now, she's been more outspoken. Um, so I'm able to handle that. So um, it's toughened my skin. It's thickened me up a little bit, and uh, I know that in the end it's about winning. So um, I got to figure it out, and we all got to figure it out. Uh, but uh, that's what drives you. 
Uh, and, uh, but, I, but I appreciate that. It's, it's great to, to have people that actually give you their real opinion. You know, there's some coaches you can be with that just kind of tell you what you want to hear. That's not really uh, valuable. Uh, you want people to tell you, you know, uh, the reality of things. Uh, and that's where uh, it's really uh, humbling and it makes you, you know, really think things through before you do them. Gary Graves, <clears throat> excuse me, from the Associated Press. You, you were talking about your influences with, you know, with Howard um, and such, and I guess the opinions that you've gotten from other people just now. But as a coach, offensively, where, has, where do you feel like your philosophy has grown over the years in all the programs that you've been with? Well, I think the goal is winning football games. But I do think the goal, always in my opinion, is, is scoring points, making the game exciting to watch, making it fun to play in making it something that your players want to be a part of. And that's why we've done what we've done. And at the same time, you got to take the talent on your team and try to mold that. So, you know what, there may be years, maybe um, the quarterback's a runner and you got a lot of good running backs. Um, you know, we've been around uh, the opposite where we've had, you know, guys that can throw the football. And, and I'm not complaining uh, because I think it's a lot of fun to throw the football and score points and, and do that. So I just think, uh, you know, I study film. You know, that's kind of what my hobby is, whether it's pro teams or college teams. We try to adjust things every year. Uh, we try to have a little fun with it and carry a few trick plays uh, here and there and make sure that, uh, you know, our players are enjoying that. But uh, it's nothing more than trying to be ahead of the curve, um, improve every year, and, and find ways to score points and win. Hey, Jeff, right here. Alexis oh, Cooper from the Courier-Journal. You mentioned your son was the one who told you Monday morning about the job opening, but what, I guess, was that timeline like of, you know, talking to Louisville and then now, you know, taking the job? Well, those things are always uh, happening quick, uh, and you're never for sure exactly uh, what is exactly going to happen. You know, I have a job to do. I worked uh, for Purdue, and I, I'm out recruiting. It's a contact period. We're going to see players. Um, and eventually contact is made. Um, and, you know, eventually you talk about, you know, the end result, is, it, is this gonna be able to work? Um, you know, I, I had a great situation where I was at. Um, when I went in and talked to our athletic director, he basically said, you name the price in the years. And uh, I said, it's not about that. Um, so, and he knew that. Uh, I said, you know, this is just what I, I, I need to, to listen to and, and look at. Uh, so I'm thankful for whatever I have. Uh, I appreciate uh, the trust that uh, this administration has put in me, uh, and I'm going to try to make the most of it. So just things happen fast, and you adjust along the way. You try to be as open and honest as you can and transparent. But it, it, you don't really know things fully uh, until the very end. And then when that happens, you, you, you try to do the right thing. Jeff, uh, you mentioned recruiting. Obviously, in recent years, it feels like people have wanted U of L to refocus some of its recruiting efforts on the city and the state of Kentucky. How important is it to you to reestablish and reconnect with the schools here and throughout the state to make sure top recruits and recruits see Louisville as a primary destination? Well, that question, that's always important to me. Um, I think uh, there's been a lot of great football teams here at the University of Louisville that were built around a lot of great in-state uh, players, players from this city. Um, 
I think, uh, you know, I have a relationship with a lot of the coaches throughout the state. Probably a lot of our coaches that are coming will as well. Uh, and we're going to make sure that, you know, we, we go into every school if we can and make sure that, uh, you know, they get to know us, what we're about, uh, get to know their players and prospects. And if they, we feel that they can help the University of Louisville win, we're going to make sure that happens. And uh, we're going to give them that opportunity. doesn't always uh, work where they decide to come here. But I think that uh, there are a lot of coaches around here that trust the things I tell them uh, and believe in, in what we're all about. And we will always make sure that uh, we provide those opportunities. Now, with that now, there's national recruiting and there's relationships built across the country. And we're going to make sure that you know, we try to get the best talent in here that wants to be a part of the University of Louisville, that wants to make a difference, that wants to do something special and have a lot of fun doing it. Uh, you guys do a great job of selling this town and the city and, and these facilities and what, what that's all about. So I just think that it's just, it, it takes hard work and it takes a commitment to uh, building those relationships. And then, um, but I do think it's very important. We're going to make sure that uh, we prioritize that. Thanks, okay, thanks. We've got about five minutes for questions for jo uh, uh, Josh and the, the two presidents, if anybody has, has to ask them any questions. Josh, uh, yeah, Pat. I yeah, am Pat. guessing this was a, probably a list of one, but did you get past the top person on your list at all in your search? I wouldn't call it a list of one. You know, this is something that uh, you guys have heard the stories. You always have that short list and uh, make sure that you update that. And so obviously the way the season was going at the beginning of the year, I had spent a lot of time uh, working through what that list looked like. Now, I would tell you I don't think there was anybody as qualified. Uh, you know, when you're looking for a head coach, it's got to work both ways, right? They want to have to come or they want to come here and you have to want them. And so now I didn't know Jeff was interested. I assumed that he would be based on the history. Uh, and so from there, uh, you know, you say, hey, who's the most qualified? Uh, who, could we, who are we able to get? Uh, who would be willing to look at this job? And then from that, you, you realize that, that Jeff rose to the top of that list pretty quickly. Josh, can you just, you talked Monday about you know everything that was going on with the team. Can you guys give it? Can you give us an update? How things are with the current guys? Are they on schedule to you know a bunch of guys play or maybe not play? And then also, as far as assistance goes, what you and Jeff kind of talked about as far as will anybody stay from the the previous staff? Yeah, we we've we have had very little of those conversations uh, as far as what the staff looks like. I mean, we just have we haven't had time. Uh, look forward to sitting down and having that conversation, obviously. Uh, as far as the current team goes, uh, you know, I think the focus uh, is two things. It's to, it's to have fun and try to win a football game on next Saturday on the 17th. And I would tell you Dion's doing an unbelievable job, uh, and that's why I put him in this position. Uh, you know, like I said, it's... Uh, uh, it, a large majority of those people in that building have themselves and their families to worry about. They don't know if they have jobs. They might be transitioning to other jobs. Uh, but I knew Dion was going to give his heart and soul for the next two weeks because that's what he's done for the last 10 months. 
to the guys in that locker room, and that's what he's doing. And uh, you know, we're 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 piecemealing it, we're duct taping it together. Uh, I, I couldn't tell you who's going to call plays on the 17th. Uh, there's a lot of things I couldn't tell you, but I can tell you that they'll be ready to play on the 17th and, and, and look forward to that bowl game. All right, one, one, more, one more thing that I need to make sure, I'm assuming everybody knows this, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. Uh, our volleyball team won their Sweet 16 match. And uh, so, four o'clock on Saturday, I expect to see everybody at the Yum Center to cheer them on to get to the net, to their second Final Four in two years. Thank you. There it is. Better pay attention there, Mike. Come on. Oh, I thought the presidents were going to talk. Take some questions there. That's what they said. But uh, there it is. The Jeff Brown press conference is official now. The 24th head coach in the history of University of Louisville Cardinal football is Jeff Brown. Did not cry. I don't think he got a little emotional at one point talking about his wife and, and daughter moving back to, no. to take care of his mother-in-law. That was about the only time. Outside of that, I think every prop bet that we laid out, he hit the overall. Except for the, he didn't mention Bring Brom. He didn't. But, but at Herd one tw- point, Josh Hurd kind of did. Yeah, and Hurd tweeting it out, I think, is good enough, right? I think so. And also, Josh Hurd, he mentioned the, used the phrase, bringing Jeff home. Yeah, he did. And that was kind of, I was like, I don't know, that it felt like a nod to me. His, his joke of, I've been here 366 days and 365, you've been, you've been. It was a great start. That was a great, yeah. I don't, I don't know who put that in his header for that was all him, but that was that was well done. I think you're right. I mean, he mentioned all the family. He mentioned he, every brother. He mentioned Snellen. We talked Snellenberg. Obviously, that was. Several clear. Schnelly references. Yeah. Um, he, he even, I don't know, because you, you got up and I turned the volume up so you could hear it when you walked to the bathroom, but. Like he even did a, a XFL reference. He said, I, "Let's play football." He did. That's how he ended so he the. Did embrace the, it a little bit. The initial speech before questions, he ended it with, "Let's play football." It was very well done. Like I said, it was what you expected. You knew this was going to be something that would galvanize the fan base. I mean, that was if you heard the the noise, the CARDS chance, the standing ovation for Josh Hurd when we first flipped over to the coverage of the press conference. Probably the rowdiest crowd for a Louisville anything in like six years. Which is sad on one hand, yeah, I mean. but also very, I think, complimentary of the hire of Jeff Brom and indicative of the excitement that this fan base has for the future of the UofL football program. I Missed mean, the most hype at Papa Johnson's what the Florida State game against was Lamar the game day. I mean, Clemson game day is when everything kind of ends. The next year, twenty seventeen. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, After yeah. that, it was just done. Like that. That yeah. was that was it. But everybody very again. It's one thing for us to say it. It's one thing for you to see like the engagement on social media, but for, but for you to see firsthand with your eyes and hear with your ears mm-hmm. the excitement that was there prevalent at the at the Angels Envy Club inside Cardinal Stadium today. It was so, and this isn't a shot because the, the Scott Satterfield crowd was nice, and it was it was a good turnout for the introduction of a new head coach. And everybody was optimistic and I think open minded about his hire, but it was nothing like that. And it just goes back to what I've been saying the last couple of days that that kind of on the periphery fan. The, the fan who considers themselves a, a Louisville football fan, but isn't going to live and die with recruiting, isn't going to live and die with the offseason news, isn't going to listen to sports radio every day or visit the websites. That's the fan that I think was fully on board during the height of the Petrino tenure, that was fully on board when Charlie Strong was killing it here. Mm. That's the fan that takes those 40,000 crowd, those 40,000 people crowd and turns them into 60,000 people right. crowds. And that fan 
loves Jeff Brom. That fan knows Jeff Brom. That fan is very excited that Jeff Brom is back, ready to steer the ship. And I, I think that fan is excited about the possibility of us becoming, you know, what we thought we were going to be back in 2014, which was a program that is right there behind Clemson and potentially FSU for the top tier of the ACC. Now, whether or not that happens, we'll, we'll find out when the games start being played. But for right now, the excitement is what we have. The hope is what we have. And it was very, very present this afternoon. I mean, it's going to be at least a fun offseason getting ready. Oh, yeah. I mean, last, week, last year we talked about this being an, un, being an unwinnable offseason for Scott Satterfield. Yeah. Now, we didn't know all the recruiting stuff was going to happen. But this offseason, I and mean, the eight months ahead, they're, they're going to be fun. We're going to be excited about the moves he's making. Yeah. His press conferences will be very – they're not going to be Satterfield press conferences. They're not going to be Petrino press conferences. They're going to be the most exciting press conferences we had since Rick Pitino left town. Like That's great to look forward to. We're probably going to be able to get him on the show, which is going to be a far cry from where we've been the last – you know, since we've so been I'll on the air. I'll probably say something stupid. You, you'll probably get it, it, it cut, but like we'll at least get him on one time, probably. We'll make that happen. Um, it, I mean, I'm just – I'm excited about all of it. I, th- I think it's going to be it, – it's – it's much needed right now for where we are this present moment in Louisville athletics because, I mean, we talked throughout the, the second half of the football season about Scott Satterfield having these opportunities to establish himself as, like, the man at UofL because the basketball stro- program was struggling so mightily and because there's so many differing opinions on Kenny Payne and, and what's going on over there at the Keeper Center. And Satterfield, every time he had that opportunity, never really cashed in. Could have done it with a win over UK, did not happen. Could have done it with a win over Clemson, did not happen. He had a good season, not a great season. And now, I think Jeff Brom, at least for again, the games haven't, everyone's mayor of the city until they actually start playing. But for right now, Jeff Brom, he provides that little shot of life that you were looking for from Scott Satterfield that he can never really fully deliver. I mean, to, to compare the situation of the of the program, it, it, at like in 1984 when Stoneberger came in and in right now is it's, it's, it's not fair to compare because at that point Louisville was so, you know, at a point where, you know, they're giving away, you know, tickets for milk. And I mean, it was, it was a serious, you know, talk that, you know, that Louisville could go down to D2 football sure. and, you know, granted before he got there, Miami was in the same situation as well. They were about to go to D2 football before Stoneberger got there. Uh, but like, the, the the jolt of life into the program when it needed it maybe more than ever, I mean, is only by comparison to what Brom coming in today is to be compared to House Number coming in in 1985. Like I, I the program was at a lull. Where I mean, we're not obviously we're nowhere near. I mean, we're in ACC yada yada. We went seven and five. We're going to a bowl game, I get. Right. But I feel like we're just like background zombies in Walking Dead right now. The program is just kind of just going through the motion. We need a buzz, and we need something to get kickstart this program. And get it going back to where people have a passion and care. And like you said, you know, get, bring more heart and, 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 and passion into the into this program from the casual fans, not just the diehards. Which, you know, diehard fans, you're getting 20,000, 25,000. You bring the casual, like you said, you're getting 50,000 in there. 60,000. I mean, I, I know the programs are two completely different states at that, at, between now and 1984, but... To me, it just kind of feels like this is like that one of those moments. Well, the jolt for Schnellberger coming back was for to take the program from life support to very much alive and a player. The jolt now, I think, is you're looking for we've made the move to a power conference. We've had big time moments over the last 20 years or so. The jolt that you're looking for now is a return to that that highest of level that we've gotten to and a consistent ability to stay there. Right. Because we've had we've been a flash in the pan program. 
during our highest points. You have yeah. that run under Petrino the first go where he's very good from 03 to 06. The second he leaves, Louisville doesn't just take a step backwards. They fall off the face of the earth. Charlie Strong brings you back. It takes him a couple of years to return to prominence, but you have a season in 2012 where you win the Sugar Bowl, a season in 2013 where you go 12-1. and Bobby comes in. It doesn't fall off the face of the earth, but it never gets back to that level. And then when it does bottom out, it bottoms out in a major One way. And UofL has not I – mean, we found consistency under Scott Satterfield, but it's the wrong type of consistency. Yeah. And now you're looking you're looking to take that next step as a perennial like Tier 2 program that maybe can eventually knock on the door of Tier 1. I think that's what you hope for. You want to be – you feel like Louisville, with the resources we have and the conference affiliation that we now have, should be in the top 25 or close to it just about every season. I think the fan base wants that. I think Jeff hopefully can provide that. And then now with the playoff expanding in just a couple of years, you'd like to every, I don't know, five, six years, be in the mix for a playoff spot. Like we've been a top 15 team multiple times over the past couple of decades. I mean, if you're competing for the winning ACC, there. then, then sure, there's no reason exactly. to not think that. Yeah. And I think that I, I think people feel like Jeff Brom is the person who can make that happen, and we'll find out whether or not that's the case starting next fall. But for right now, the fan base has hope, the fan base has excitement, and that's all you can ask for when it comes to to hiring somebody after Scott Satterfield left on Monday. It was a fantastic press conference. It's been a fantastic week. We still got one more day to go. We'll be on the air at 3 o'clock. I'm sure there will be more updates between tonight uh, and tomorrow when that happens. But everybody have a fantastic Thursday evening. We'll see you guys right back here tomorrow at 3. Go Cards. Go Braum. Places, no fine girls, just ugly faces. Get it, bring First, it. First inclination is to become a monk and leave the situation. But every dark tunnel has a light of hope, so don't hang yourself with a celibate rope. The movie's showing, so you're going. Could care less about the five you're blowing. Theater gets dark just to start the show. Then you spot a fine woman sitting in your row. She's dressed in the yellow.